Hello, my name is Sonic Architect Adam Shanahan and this is the Best of No Encore 2022. This is the first No Encore Best of Clip Show and it's been over 350 episodes so it's truly my pleasure to be in the driver's seat for this one. As noted, this is a Best of No Encore as curated by myself, friends of the show and you, the loyal and much coveted listener. Um, thank you to everybody who engaged and to all who sent in favourite moments of the year uh, when I posted it up on Instagram and um, I put up the little question box. The response was brilliant and myself, Dave and Craig, massively appreciate you all for keeping with us. And for those of you who are tuning into the show for the first time via the medium of this episode, um, welcome. Welcome to the show. I hope that this gives you a good insight into what the No Encore podcast is all about, but more importantly shows the fun that we all have making the show together. So at the beginning of this year, a whole 12 months ago, hard to believe that the year has gone so fast, um, I had an idea and I started keeping a list of my favourite moments of the year, which I have definitely mentioned in the past on the podcast a few times. So this is no secret as much as I wanted to keep it a secret. I know we've alluded to it on a previous episode as well um, that this was coming. So um, yeah, it's finally here. It was so much fun looking back on all the moments that I had um, in my notes app from the beginning of the year. And I had such a laugh putting the show together for you to listen to. Safe to say 2022 has been full of ups and downs. From the introduction of Wordle to Elon Musk buying Twitter, from a new war breaking out in Europe to the death of Queen Elizabeth, and from Will Smith dishing out hands at the Oscars to Liam Payne's reaction to the said dishing of hands. Safe to say there's been a lot going on. Um, At No Encore, we very much try to focus on the music, but as you know, maybe from time to time, certain previously mentioned figures uh, have made it into the news section or have made it into the show in some way, shape or form. So how's this going to work? Right. Well, the best of us focusing on the weekly show as opposed to our offshoots, of which we have No Popcorn and Before the Encore, for those of you who aren't familiar, No Popcorn being the um, music-related movies offshoot that has been kind of inactive this year, um, but hopefully will return in 2023 with a bit more um, with a bit more frequency. And then Before the Encore, which is my um, music industry deep dive that comes out once every month, at the end of every month on the last Monday. Like I said, we're going to be focusing on the main Friday show, the meat and bones of the podcast and the lifeblood of the podcast. So um, you won't hear any uh, clips from either No Popcorn or Before the Encore on this episode. But trust me, there is enough to keep us going with all we have here. Now, as listeners of the show know well by now, what new listeners might not be quite familiar with or aware of, the show has a format that we tend to seldom stray from each week. That being the new section, an album review should be on the cards that particular week and a top five shootout. This can range from best worst lists to either the former or the latter, usually fought out by David Craig, or on some occasions, one of the guys and a guest, or in some very rare circumstances, Dave and Craig themselves versus a guest. I was thinking about how to do this and I thought, why not stick to the format we have? Because if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So I'm here to take you through the best bits as you would hear the show every Friday with a helping hand from some of our wonderful guests throughout the year and some of the miscellaneous moments to boot. But let's get stuck in. First of all, I'd like to begin by contradicting myself entirely by deviating from the format I just spoke about. Um, We had some more moments throughout the year that didn't quite fit the format of the show, but they're moments that couldn't possibly go without a mention. So I thought, why not go with these to get us all in the mood for the rest of the show? For starters, let's set the tone with a perfect example of the dynamic between our two hosts, shall we? Um, yeah, I agree with you, and I hate that I am agreeing with you. I was surprised at how... <laughs> <laughs> I know what you meant, but we need to take that clip. I just hate... <laughs> <laughs> uh... 
<laughs> I just can't stand it when we're on the same page, bro. You can't write this stuff. Seriously, though, in other news, it was a big year for Craig, who finally got to go to Primavera, but he was very disappointed by certain events that occurred during his patronage. We also reignited our quiz flame with a close friend of the show, Nyler9. We'll talk more on the quiz and the controversies that may have arisen within a bit later. Um, I'll leave that debate to the listener. Um, but for now, enjoy these two moments of Craig airing his grievances and the beginning of the No Encore Quiz 2022. The stroke stream is dead. Three years I've been harboring this dream, nurturing it, cradling it. And, um, COVID, man, lying on my hotel bed, Grand Hotel Havana, the Chample area, Barcelona, lying on my bed, thoughts running through my head. This drug stream is dead. I mean, listen, I could be optimistic. Day one of Primavera. Someone is beating down out there. It's kind of like paradise. Pavement coming up, Sharon Van Etten. Um, and I'm a million miles away. <laughs> of course, of course they cancelled. <laughs> I did something really stupid when the news broke. I just, um, I was spiralling. And um, I might regret this, but um just impulse bought a day ticket to a Glasgow festival next month to go and see them they're making me go to Glasgow so yeah maybe the stroke stream is still alive and so is the primavera dream having a ball watch this space that's right and what he's obliged to do is a quiz uh, it's the quiz I'm so sorry Niall it's back <laughs> we're doing a quiz I will it's say. summer content <laughs> it's, it's easing back into the podcast um, but I will say before we start the quiz real quick because Adam's got a spectacular intro of course um, Fanilla Jones and Craig Fitzpatrick were the last participants of a no encore quiz it was quite a while ago it was January 2021 yeah. and only one of us survived <laughs> uh, Fanilla Jones who, who's launching a new podcast by the way Flop Culture oh yeah she survived Handsome Sonic Architect is <laughs> producing Troy. Coming soon, September 1st, I believe. Um, here's the thing, right? Fanula said to me today when I messaged her about this, I said, I'm doing a quiz, by the way. And she, I said, Remember the quiz? Remember the quiz you did with Craig? She said, It was one of the 10 worst nights of her entire life. <laughs> so I've heard that from women before. <laughs> <laughs> so, Niall, it's all ahead of you, man. Uh, did, hold on, did she give her rationale? Well, if I recall correctly, she was doing really well in the quiz, and then it all went horribly wrong, and you came back and won. Mm. Yeah, she's it was never one of the best nights of my life. <laughs> one of the ten best nights? It was very... I'm, I'm still slightly traumatised from it, just okay. because the you don't stakes like feel high. I'm not big on quizzes. Niall, how do you feel about quizzes? Um, I can get competitive, but I, oh. I'm trying to remain calm and zen this time. We'll see how it goes. I asked Niall, would he put his Culture Ambassador Dublin title on the line, like a wrestling belt? Oh, like I can become the Culture Ambassador? <laughs> and he said no. <laughs> so, I think you have it's to not mine to give, unfortunately. <laughs> do you get like chains like a mayor? No, no I did meet the mayor this week. Oh, right. did meet the Jesus. mayor. He's on a high. Yeah, yeah, for God's sake. I'll play for I feel like this is one step towards you eventually becoming what we all want you to be, which is the Nightmare of oh, Dublin. the right? Nightmare. <laughs> Mayor Nine. Can you think of a better person? <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it happen. The Nightmare of Dublin. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, well, will it be Night Night in the quiz? Let's find out.
so good at quizzes. Okay, I think it's fair to say that Sonic Arts Academy did himself with that one. I wow. was totally forgetting we hadn't even started wow. the show. <laughs> you can go home now, nonsense. sir. <laughs> yeah, it's all done. Okay, so now that we're in the mood, the show proper begins every week with a wonderful introduction and some chat between the guys, usually about their week outside the podcast and catching up before the formalities begin. Um, I know, I know, shocking to think to have a life outside of the podcast feeds every Friday, right? Um, as a fan of the show before I joined, I was surprised as well. But anyway, here's some highlights of the guys kicking off the show and some of the more vibrant chats we've gotten into before the news. And to kick off, Dave giving Craig the reins on the intro for a pleasant deviation from the norm. Anyway, Craig, <laughs> David, it was put to me this week that um, I, I guess, dominate the show because I do the intro and you never do the intro. Yeah. So, so some listeners of the of the podcast might have the impression that this is like the Dave Hanratty show. Experience. I like to call it the Dave Hanratty experience. I like to call it extravagant D in the big band, but but essentially... I don't like to call it that. That's fair. Um, I, I tried to explain that. I was like, Craig's not my sidekick or anything. He's no, my, no. He's my co-host. And so I... <laughs> I'm not your co-host. I am the co-host. <laughs> oh man, I fucked <laughs> it up. With the co-host. <laughs> anyway, look, the point is, uh, I don't want people to think that this is some kind of one-man operation, and that's why... Do people think that? Well, well at least a tree man operation, Adam. At least, at least one think? person. Hey, I'm a face in the background. It's okay. It's more that I was accused. Who is this person? I'm not going to say. <laughs> it was more that I was accused of, like, I guess, you know. Doing the intro. And thus, maybe, like, but re- I feel relegating like regular to- listeners of the show should know I don't like doing the intro. I feel like it insists upon itself. It's but just that's too obvious. why I'm inviting you on this episode to do it. Hit the music, Adam. Fork <laughs> it out. To no encore. That's I'm Craig for the intro. That's my intro. Oh fuck off! What do we have? Do I have to stick to your wording? Is that the show's wording? And go on, you deliver it. Then go on. No, go on. This is. <laughs> There's a very. I'm be, what? There's a critique of my intro. This is specific. This is not in the spirit of the gesture of doing the. If intro. you were hosting a talk show and they had an intro line that they've stuck to, <laughs> you would do the line, say the line. That's the whole. I don't think I do the line when I, when you're off. Do I? Can you start? Do I do the line? Let's not do the line. I usually mix it up. Can you start the music again, please, Adam? I can. Is the name <laughs> That's it right Oh my god <laughs> Jesus Christ Dave is rubbing his eyes This is no encore What's up Dave How are you Hello Craig Hello Craig No 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 Look I gave you a chance That's all I'm saying I need to get something Off my chest Are you leaving the show Um <laughs> No, this would be a bad week to do it, Craig. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> it's a bit more of a bombshell. It actually ruined my day at like half eight this morning. Um, so, Dave, a couple of weeks ago, it might, or was it even last week, maybe it was just last week, you dipped your toes into the Wordle waters for the first time? I did, Did yeah. you keep it up? Um, no, I, I, I've dropped off already, of course. 
Okay, well, I kept it up for about a month and then this morning on the train, something dreadful happened. I didn't get it. (laughs) My streak ended. (laughs) And it was devastatingly traumatizing to the extent that I was like, what has happened to me? Like, I instantly was having thoughts of like, this is not a good sign for my entire work day. It was a packed train. I was looking around being like, did people see that? Can I tell people? So I'm telling people, yeah, it didn't happen for me today. Um... I got three letters straight away. I'm not going into this, but I got three green letters straight away. Sounds like you're going into it. There was too many options, Dave. There was too many potential words. I got off to too good a start and I ran out of guesses. So it's over for me. Screw Wordle. Screw the New York Times. Um, I'm moving on with my life, but I'm, yeah, I'm fraying around the edges, dude. Uh, I've just remembered that I had a horrendous train journey home. Um, oh, great. Home to realise the internet wasn't working, then have to switch locations to um, Jerem Brown Ryan. The Ryan line is now open. But yeah, my train journey, <laughs> so I'm there. <laughs> it was a miserable day weather-wise. It was a horrible day in work. And I decided the best thing for me on the train to Minute, well, leaks up Minute line, would be to do some meditation. <laughs> So usually on the, on the train, it's a good place to do some meditation, yeah. Is it? 20 minutes, close your eyes, and you know the kind of rhythmic flow of the train, the kind of I do noise like a good train. Use, it works. I was so on edge, so that I was like, I'm going to have to do, so I'm going to have to add some ambience. So I'll tell you what my back and track was. My back and track was campfire by the sea ambience, <laughs> crackling fire, waves and crickets, right? So I had nice, that going. nice. I was chilling out. I was about five minutes into it and there was a loud bang on the carriage door and I half opened my eyes to see some dude just rocking up, looking around saying, how are you doing, folks? I closed my eyes and thought, he's going to sit beside me. He sat beside me and proceeded to crack open a can. Yay, excellent. Of, can you guess the beverage? What would you reckon? Um, I haven't given you many many details about him. He was um, in a puffer jacket. He revealed okay. about 10 minutes into his soliloquy that he was bricklayer. Um, he owns a bicycle and wasn't Pratsky, Adam. You, you probably won't get it. Brooklyn It was Lager? a weird cans on the train shout, particularly solo. No, you're not, you're not correct. Halnet, no. It was can of Smithix. <laughs> oh, nice. Don't, don't have a go with Smithix. My dad likes oh the Smithix. God. How dare you? Yeah, but like on the train when you're, it's not like, I don't know. It just Oh, hang on. Sorry, what time of the morning was this? No, no, this was this evening. Oh, this evening. So maybe Sorry, it was, I, I, it was, it was a bit more civilized. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, there's fine. nothing wrong with this. This is perfectly, yeah, in fairness, after the fucking day I've had, I, 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 I envy, I envy this man, his gumption. Well, he tried to start a sing-along. Then he struck up a conversation with the guy opposite him who had like a fold-up bike about bike safety. Then he noticed someone else was reading about property. So he started talking about the price of materials for bricklaying. And eventually security came and asked him to, what, Dave? Produce his ticket. No, they didn't ask him to produce his ticket. <laughs> leave they the train? They didn't tell him to leave the train. No, they said, you'll have to put your can away. Oh, of course, else, sorry. <laughs> or else you can get off at the no- next stop finish it and get back <laughs> on. <laughs> Wonderful. The security were allowing him to skull his point. Yeah, but only off the on. train. Off the train. And he disagreed with them, put in his bag and wandered off and that was the end of that. But yeah, that was my little train journey. This guy sounds like a wise old sage. I mean, he was trying to give people property advice. He was trying to tell that guy to be more safe on the road on his bike and he was just trying to enjoy a beverage. And even the security seemed charmed by him. Why yeah. weren't you? <laughs> 
I was trying to meditate, Dave. There was a part okay, of me that was fair. like, maybe it was the mantra, but I was just like, maybe we're the crazy ones, you know? He's just trying to like chat to his fellow passengers. Everyone else is so like isolated. Maybe we're the weird ones. I think this guy genuinely has a better handle on his life than both of us do right now. So shout out that man. That's what I say. And the biggest moment of my night was I got into the workman's after, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners will be like, so bloody wash. But um, previous week, I got refused from not just workman's, but every bar in town. (laughs) That's true, guys. It happened. Well, you were saying fucked up things, so. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I was raving and ranting. And no, it was our work um, sports day um, the previous Thursday. And I'd been out with work for most of the day. And actually it was a pretty calm, chill, good day. And a lot of people from work were like, let's wander into town. We'd be in over kind of rings end. Let's wander into town and like finish up the night properly. We were, of course, all still in our sports gear, like our tracksuits. I might have been wearing my, my neon headbands for the first few bars. I had face paint on and myself. Again, uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't understand how you're not getting into every pub in Dublin because it sounds like you're in a fucking new rave band. Some people got into the that George. That must be the guy from Hadouken. <laughs> but I'd splintered off with our head of design. So the two of us were walking around town just trying any possible pub. And I got to a Sorry, point where... So that you, uh, you, you, you refused to go to the George there. Is that what you said, Craig, was it? No, we went to the George, but we got there too late and they weren't letting anyone in. I feel like they would oh, have right, let okay. us in, in fairness to them. The only place, the only place that like met us halfway was Pygmalion, um, who were like, listen... You don't want to go there, lads, though. Uh, you can you can get a drink, but you have to stand in the smoking area because <laughs> of the dress policy. Uh, the person I was with what? was so, like, okay, let's just do that. We literally just want one drink. We've been walking for an hour and a half. And I was like, no. Points of I principle. Don't get it. I don't like I don't get it. It's such an outdated fucking thing where it's like a lot of people wear tracksuits. Who gives a fuck? I mean, it's kind you know, of like, like, you know, if I was a different kind of person on Twitter, I would have taken to Twitter and been like, this is extremely classist. We're in lovely tracksuits. I was with a head of design who has much higher aesthetic standards than any of the establishments we were frequenting. But um, yeah, like most of the bars or the, the door staff were like quite apologetic. They were just like, we would let you in, but not looking like that, lads. <laughs> so maybe they just thought like, oh, it's like, you know, it's like a fucking stag party or something and there are 12 pubs thing and they're going to, you know, be, they're going to be boorish and annoying. But sure, I thought they would have known you in like the workmen's or the Yeah, they know I'm always boorish and annoying, but they still let me in anyway. <laughs> That's my charm. Um, I was, um, yeah, look, got back in. Congratulations. So it was, yeah, got the pot yoke off my back or whatever. I did, I did genuinely have that thing of like, we'd been refused from so many places. Like, maybe this is my life now in town. I just never get in anywhere again. <laughs> Rude census people. I had a rude census person come to the house, gave me a bit of grief. How fucking dare you? Now, hold on a second. Why were you getting grief? Um, Because I will say my sister is a census person. (laughs) She's been doing it. And she's having the, I'm not sure how much I can disclose, but she's been having the worst time just in terms of people are awful. Like they don't, okay, they, okay. They, they didn't fill out the forms. I'm sure that wasn't your yeah, issue, but yeah. um, just well, incredible <laughs> amounts of like spending weeks saying, will I call you now? And then I'm being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. No, uh, to be fair, you, you are giving me the alternative perspective here and that is totally fair. And obviously we all know that Martha Fitzpatrick is an absolute hero of a human being and shouldn't be in any kind of situation that uh, affronts her. So, well, all I will say is that like it was on, fuck, it was the weekend, I think it was like Saturday or something. And this guy calls to the house and you have to understand that my, my housemate is like a night owl, so he kind of sleeps all day. Um, and like he, a Corona had, song, is it? Over yeah, there? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm living with Danny from the Coronas. Um, <laughs> so essentially, 
um, he he had the form. I didn't have it, and I actually, to be fair, I hadn't filled out my part of it. But that took like two minutes when I finally did it. I just didn't know where the fucking thing was, and he's sleeping, so I didn't want to bother him. So doorbell rings. I go downstairs, mask on because I'm sensible and nice and responsible, yep. and I don't want to infect anybody. Answer the door, and there's this fucking top man out outside, and he's all like, hey, census, is it? And I'm like, oh, yeah, hang on. And I was like, oh, no, the form isn't there. I don't know where it is. And I just said to him, I said, sorry, man, I don't know where the form is. I don't have it. And he looked at me like I'd just broken up with him, and he basically just said, like, what? And I was like, yeah, sorry. Then, essentially, there was a weird moment when he said, oh, this is like the third time. Uh, I'm going to have to escalate this. And I went, okay. (laughs) I said, off you go then, I suppose. Um, And he's like, where's your housemate? And I said, I don't know. He's not here. He's at work. And then he was like, can you text him? And I went, no. And then he said like, oh, I'll come back in 10 minutes. And I said, I'm not going to have the form in 10 minutes. I don't have it now. This isn't like... So it got really touchy, and I got really touchy back with him. And I'm not normally like this, but I was just like... And at one stage, I went, I've got COVID, mate. Like, I just said it flat out. Like, I know you do, too, all right? Yeah, you take off like, your mask. <laughs> which is me. Spew it at him like a Mortal Kombat character. No, I was just like... <laughs> David wins. Flawless victory. No, so essentially, I was just like, right. I was getting a touchy with him. And then he said, um, I said, can you come back? I was like, can you come back next week? Um, I said, can you come back tomorrow? And he goes, I'll be in Donegal tomorrow. And I was like, okay, Right. Um, and he said, I'll come back on Monday. And I was like, okay, yeah, grand. And at one stage he said, uh, he goes, oh, your housemate. He goes, he's the bald fella, is he? And I went, yeah, that's his name. And I, and I closed the door and I told him to feel better because I was just so wound up. And I was like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that I got the insult wrong. What matters is my tone of voice let him know that he was, that I was unimpressed. So he came back two days later. I filled it out this time. I come downstairs and the fucking asshole goes, how's the COVID? You son of a bitch. How oh. dare you? So he got the census form in the end, and I signed it. I was like, do you got, he's like, I need your signature. And I was like, do you have a pen? And he was like, oh, I do, but hang on. No, no, you better use your own. And I was like, ah, yeah, COVID. So were I'm like, very upset about this. Were you like, hey, mate, you've gone in my time capsule, all right? <laughs> you've gone in my time. <laughs> Read it. Oh, I didn't fill that out, because <laughs> I think like my form was like, I'm not the main house person, so I, I didn't actually have that to put in. What would yeah. I put in the podcast, maybe? Maybe I would have put in this five-minute story that everyone's probably skipped past, being like, all right, Dave, get on with it. Is Martha okay is the main question I have. Yeah, here. she's fine. Like, I think she's been in those situations, but it's been the, like, the flipped personality thing of the people that should be handing over the form are like, can you come back in 10 minutes? Or, like, can you come back in nine days? And, like, <laughs> she's like, oh, okay. So she's just, you know, being a nice person and other people are what just What possessed her to do this, by the way? Is she paid for this? I or is this some kind of civic duty? <laughs> it was me. Because a mate of mine's dad was, like, overseeing the area. So he was just like, if people want to apply online, there's just it's an easy thing. And she was like, it was like an in-between period of her, like, starting an internship. And I was just like, yeah, it might be easy money. So I'm at fault. It's just escalated into this all-consuming job as she's doing exams. So yeah, me, I'm to blame. So I, 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 I was trying to wrap it up and I was like, oh, you know what I'll do? I'll go on the rowing machine. Now, I have to clarify. I'm not... I was about to say, yeah. I picture you on a rowing machine. I feel like that's your bag. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if it's your like drumming background or something. Just sure. like, seated, but having, you know, immense power upper body wise. You know, you have to understand that um, I'm, 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 I'm currently... <laughs> what if I thought about this? 
You have to understand that I'm currently not in a, a wonderful shape and uh, I haven't been to the gym for a long time. So going on the rowing machine was uh, perhaps a, a bad idea because after five minutes I, I was like, oh God, I feel like I'm, I can't feel my legs. I was like, this isn't good. And so like, I literally was like, that's enough for now. You know, that was a way of winding down, I suppose. And I just sat there for a second and I just, I sat there and I realized I was like, I actually can't feel my legs. I was like, they feel like complete jelly. I think if I stand up... I will collapse. And I was collapse, like, that, yeah. I was like, that can't happen. Cause like that will just put my self-esteem further through the ground. And it's already pretty bad as it is. And I looked around as like, so, you know, again, perfect looking people to my left. And I'm like, they can't see this. Like, like I'll, I'll never live it down. So I sat there for like, did you drag yourself out. I just kept that like, been... I just stretched out my legs for a while and I just kept looking around. And then I was like, I'm going to have to get up at some point. This is, this is not okay. So I put my hand on the machine and I was just like, oh God, please, I'm begging you. And I stood up and all the blood rushed to my head and I just kind of like took a deep breath and didn't fall down. And I was like, okay, but man, it was close. It could have happened. Do you know what? I'm the agony of your, your weight there, um, I'll put that up against me being in bed one time, just one morning, <laughs> normal everyday morning, not realising that my legs were completely dead. No, no. Asleep. Rolling, like hopping out of bed <laughs> and my legs not working <laughs> along with me and just collapsing. I just collapsed <laughs> straight on the floor. It was the most baffling thing that's ever happened to me. But at least there was no but one I there. I didn't have the agony of, yeah, you know, no. anticipation and all that. So I just got on with my life. Yeah, there's no hard body strangers beside you, you know? You're just well, like, <laughs> okay. No, the only hard body in that bed was me. <laughs> uh, I have to push. You um you teased some urinal based anecdote that we've been waiting oh, two God, weeks for. I can't even remember now. that now. Oh yeah, so essentially, um, I thought they were getting like pretty innovative. Like so, essentially, Primavera didn't have much in the way of like water fountains or you know competent bar staff, but you could get like um, your very own flower NFT from Binance if you wanted. <laughs> They're still sending me messages about this, and I thought they were getting quite futuristic as well with the toilet situation. Um, so I went into one toilet area and there was these like elevated urinals. Have you seen these things? No, I haven't. It's like a kind of pod thing, right? It's up on a platform and there's like four of them and you've got like a weight above waist high kind of thing that blocks you off and you just go and stand and do your business, which is grand. So I was like, oh, there's a guy kind of availing of it. So like I, I hopped on, did my thing. Weird view. Because, like, you're elevated in the middle of, like, a toilet area. So you're just, like, look, gazing down upon people. And you all unisex as well. Because, you know, Barcelona, I guess. And um, people coming and going. I was like, oh, okay, Grant did the job. Used it for about a day and a half. Final day of the festival, I walked in. Had a bit of a better look. And um, there was two heads just below the tops of the thing. So I'm just like, what, what, are, are those people using the thing? And I realized, oh, yes, it was... It was female people using it because it was female <laughs> toilets for squatting in. Craig, no. Hence, like, not being able... Yeah. And then I realized it was pink and I was like, I've been using... I don't know what you call them. Female urinals? Oh, man. I didn't get cancelled anyway. Is there some it was kind an of honest fucking, mistake. Is there, like, a the police bravery. report in Spain out for this dashing-looking man who's doing hard... That's wild. Oh, man. Like, social anxiety, like, like strikes me in pretty much every situation. But this one? No. No, thanks. I did have a lovely moment at an actual urinal with a gentleman and a few other gents <laughs> at one point because it was so crammed. It just like, it took ages to kind of get anywhere. 
and we were all availing of the urinal and the guy directly opposite me just stared, made direct eye contact with me as Nick Cave launched into Into My Arms and just went, I've been waiting for this song for two years. As he was like about half a mile from it and I'm just like, this is the moment we've been waiting for, man. And we all started singing. It was great. Yeah, the last time I went to a urinal at a gig was my Chemical Romance. <laughs> and when I was coming out of it, some guy was like, Dave. And I was like, hey. And he was like, no encore fan. And I think I hooked him. I, I hooked that him. I think man I was Jared him. Way. I, I can't remember. But that man was Jared Way. Um, but yeah, magical things can happen, you know. They really can. Okay, let's move right along to... Another big ego who's, you know, coming back down to earth, I, I guess you would say. Um, unless it's, you know, unless we're thinking of his many, many, many apparent encounters with UFOs. It's Robbie Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering which of the two uh, news stories you were going to go to, whether it was going to be Ro- Robbie or pro- possibly the next one that we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah, we've got a nice trio. Um, little, yeah, little teaser there. It is Robbie Williams. Um, he's revealed that at the height of his fame, there was a hitman hired to kill him now, I don't want to kind of make... <laughs> I know. This is like... Okay. So he's made some outlandish claims over the years. I mean, you know, just the aforementioned UFO stuff. Um, I don't think he's quite as credible as Tom DeLong on that, for instance. I've done the research. I've looked into it. And uh, I'm sorry, Robbie. But this one is... <laughs> he, was, he was doing an interview with The Mirror, first of all. I'm like, Robbie, why'd you have to do that at this point? Like... um. And actually, the few times I've seen him interviewed in recent years, he comes across as quite self-aware now and he's been working on himself and he seems like a perfectly nice chap. Um, So if this is true, this would be extremely scary. Um, The quote goes, I've never, ever said this, but I had a contract put on me to kill me. I've never said that publicly before. It went away. I have friends. I love that line so much. Friends. Is he talking about little aliens? (laughs) I don't know. Does he think he's Tony Um, Soprano as well? Like... I mean, I guess he knows some people, right? He probably... Uh, that stuff is the unseen stuff that happens when you become famous. And my thought was, like, is it? Because obviously, you know, having your life threatened when you're mega famous is a very, very real thing. And there's unhinged people and there's stalkers and it must be extremely scary. But generally, those unhinged stalkers don't have the ways and means to hire a hitman. <laughs> I've always assumed a hitman has a certain code of ethics. Do you know what I mean? Do they just, maybe I'm being naive here. Do they just take any job? Would they not go, listen, you need to get over your grievances with Robbie Williams. He's left, take that. It's no reason to kill the man. I'm not taking this hit. Um, Maybe not. Maybe they're just mercenaries for hire. Actually, that's exactly what they are. (laughs) They're hitmen. If you'd have told me last year that Craig would have a whole monologue about the morals of Hitman, the show in 2022, I probably wouldn't have believed you, but here we are. Um, And where we are exactly is the news section. This is the weekly roundup of the most important and prevalent news in the world of music, as deemed by your esteemed hosts, Dave Hanratty and Craig Fitzpatrick, each week. Of course, this has included many key figures this year, such as the previously mentioned Liam Payne. Doja Cat beginning an online brawl with Noah Schnapp of Stranger Things fame. God, that's hard to say fast. Keith Duffy being, well, Keith Duffy. And EastEnders pushing the boundaries by introducing a love of metal music to some of their characters. No, no, Dave hasn't ventured into acting, but you'll hear all about it shortly, so bear with us. First and foremost, a little bit of background. Dave is not exactly someone you'd refer to as a Beatles fan. Um, However, let's jump back to 2020 for a moment as Craig 
did have a breakthrough with one particular ditty from McCartney's songbook that you may remember from a top five entitled Songs We Hate by Artists We Love. Okay, this might cheer you up, Dave. Um, let's give the Beatles a shoeing. <laughs> Major ring in medicine calls her on the phone. Can I take you out to the pictures, John? But as she's getting ready to go, a knock comes on the door. Wait for this now. Bang, bang, Oh my god, go, go on. I dare you hell. recommend this band now. Go on, do it. <laughs> Taken from one of the greatest albums of all time, Abbey Road. That is Maxwell's Silver Hammer. Um yeah, you pro you probably haven't heard that song previously, have you, Dave? <laughs> no, I haven't. Okay, I'm sorry for bringing this horror to your door. That is no, listen, you you've you've finally intrigued me. I think I need to go and listen to this now. <laughs> Oh, wow, it's Maxwell Sil- Silverhammer to finally get you interested in the Beatles. Okay, so now that we're caught up, let's kick off the 2022 news highlights with a bit of a familiar note. Start spreading the news. That, of course, is very much a second tier um, Paul McCartney song. Top tier is a bracket of one, and that one is Maxwell Silverhammer. Bang, bang. <laughs> bang, bang, indeed. <laughs> It's up for sale. It's going under the hammer. Um, Paul McCartney's oh, 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 yes. 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 Didn't he yes. have it in the notes? Yes. I'm back, baby. Fuck, yeah, we, we fucking we did, did it. it. Roll credits. Who do you think down. you are? I am. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay. Um, something about uh, nightclubs staying open until 6am, you say, Craig? Yeah, I mean, people might know this already. I'm sure they will. It's been all over Twitter, so... There's details of a new bill set to be published in the coming weeks from uh, the Minister for Justice, basically allowing for later opening hours for pubs and nightclubs in Ireland should be in effect by the end of the year. It's looking like, yeah, 6am. Um, and a report from the Nighttime Economy Task Force has also recommended additional 24-hour bus routes in Dublin um, and improvements to bus services in other cities, which would be great, but i say there's a fat chance of that. Um, the Give Us the Night campaign took to Twitter to urge caution until an official government announcement is made before celebrating. Don't They're pop hopeful. those. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't, don't pop those pills just yet, kids. Uh, I saw Craig take Hughes. Half, take half now and take then wait for the government <laughs> announcement. <laughs> you want to be coming up right as Helen McEntee steps up to the microphone. <laughs> What about you? I, I feel like part of you wants... And I've been with you. I've been with you in the fucking Workman's where I'm like... We've been uh, in the trenches, yeah. And I've been like, want to go home, mate? And you're like, no, man. They're playing Interpol. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> direct quote. I do, yeah. I do sadly occasionally become that person that's like, oh, my tune is on! And like yeah. run to the dance floor. And I'm like, I'm having a Looks miserable time. And I'm staying in Craig's and I have to wait for him to fucking finish chatting someone up. Uh, no, I'm kidding. He's, he's always been a... <laughs> Perfectly reasonable man of nine out. Um, but yeah, no, it's just... Long time ago, folks. <laughs> Up next, Liam Payne with The Big Explain. We, of course, discussed a few weeks ago... <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> One Direction sensation Liam Payne was interviewed on Good Morning Britain after the Will Smith slap incident in which he was um, loquacious, you could say, 
and he sounded very weird, Craig, as well. Um, and people were speculating, you know, is he hammered? Turns out he was. So he's talked about it. He uh, went rest, on Instagram. Yeah. He went on Instagram. <laughs> what? <laughs> he what was that? <laughs> he went on Instagram Live and said, uh, I'm good at accents. I pride myself on them. I just wish I could sometimes do my own. Uh, he said it was quite funny. I had asked the Good Morning Britain presenter, please don't ask me too much because I've had a lot to drink and I'm underly educated about the Oscars. And the very first question I was asked was, what do you think about Will Smith? Now, can you imagine being put on the spot in that moment and knowing I can't say anything wrong because I'm going to upset somebody? I just did the best I could. I actually read back what I said, and I stand by it. I'm just <laughs> sorry it came out in so many accents, he said. Now, his explanation for the strange concoction of accents was yeah. that he was staying in a house with two German people, three people from Texas, one person from Liverpool, and me. So he was staying in a house with himself, and he thinks that could have played a part. He said it sounded like one of those jokes people say about an Irishman and an Englishman going into a pub. Nice 80s humour there. Uh, and that's what came out. So what can I say? But it was funny, wasn't it? He's staying in an Airbnb when he goes over to the Oscars. And then he said, oh, and don't have so many drinks and address the country. We're addressing <laughs> the country. State of the nation from Lean Pain. <laughs> can I just say, <laughs> I've watched that clip nearly every day <laughs> since it hit the internet. I think serious? it's spectacular. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It brings me such joy. Oh, and you know what? Like, if he was that out of it, he did kind of all right. Yeah. It's great. It's great. Should we play it again? Oh my God, it's so good. Let's play it again. Let's play it again. It's been a couple of weeks. Let's play it again. And to be honest with you, Will Will Smith actually used to live behind my house. I've I've had the pleasure of knowing his son and his daughter very well, and we did Men in Black 3 with him. Um, I believe whatever he felt that he did, he had the right to do. I also felt there were three losers in one fight. He didn't know, being Chris Rock. He didn't want to do what he had to do, being Will Smith. And she did nothing, being Jada. And it's a very sad thing, but there was a powerful moment for me to sit and watch one of the world's best emoters in the, ever we've seen speak from the heart. And I would rather take the beauty out of the situation than take the pain. Um, but I had to leave my chair, I'll be honest with you. It, it, it cut me really deep. And I don't, I don't get deep about these things, but I'm a big, I'm a big movie fan, I'll be honest with you. And. Um, out of a horrible moment, there was a little bit of beauty in what came on. I'm sure everyone's very apologetic about what happened. Shouldn't have happened. Um, but ask yourself, what would you do in the same situation? I don't know how we'd all react. We're all very human, right? What's your favourite part? I think mine probably is, or has become, we did Men in Black 3 together, which I don't think is a thing. So shout out to friends yeah, of the show, Mark... I, I didn't show, see Men in Black 3. No, so. did I. But okay. um friend of the show, Mark Conroy, raised this issue and he was like, I don't think that they did anything. He said they went to the premiere and he goes, I think that's it. And I looked it up and they're at the premiere with like squirt guns. They're all very young and adorable. But you would have thought, oh yeah, we did Men in Black 3 together. Presumably with some shit One Direction tie-in song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There cameos. No, apparently there, there isn't part that of the promo either. cycle. They were just at the premiere. The manager just got them tickets to the press. I don't think there was anything beyond, like, when he says, so when he says we did, men, that's like me saying, you know, I did the RT Choice Music Prize that year when I went to it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the bigger connection for me and probably my favourite bit is the um, Will Smith used to live behind my house. <laughs> like he's sticking a dump or something. Do you know what I mean? 
<laughs> Oscar and, the Grouch, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Chris Rock thing as well is just like so clearly just him shoehorning in we've sold out Madison Square Garden. Yeah, the second and the looks to the camera. It's all the looks to the camera play. of like that's when he's in like man of the people mode. Like he's addressing <laughs> breakfast television he's background. He's like, almost. Yeah, 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 and he's like, oh, I know guys, it's crazy. I don't believe it myself. I'm just one of you guys. He's sensational. Yeah. The second Best. part of the clip there that we didn't play, he does, he, he mentions how like he had a moment with Chris Rock when he said when, when we sold out Madison Square Garden that's one direction and he mentions twice that he sold that he's like well we sold that Madison Square Garden um, but yeah, it was very think, illusory I think is the term he, he used do you think uh, fair play to him for fronting up here do you want more of this I think we should like make him a roving reporter at these kind of events don't you yeah yeah no I, was, I think fair play to him I, I, he's now my favourite member of One Direction <laughs> <laughs> I mean he seems very good natured in the clip um, do you reckon he had prepped in his head that there was three losers thing because that seems like as he's saying it he thinks this is incredibly smart what I'm saying oh, it, sounds like, it sounds like something that his thousand dollar a month therapist would say yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he just worked that in. Um, beautiful. Yeah. Well, I laugh when he Craig. laughs. I cry when he cries. <laughs> the <laughs> world's greatest, world's oh, greatest emotion. Will Smith. <laughs> I don't think so. He's fine, but no, I don't know. And uh, let's talk about Doja Cat for a second, shall we? Um, oh, please. So Doja Cat, uh, are we, are we, are, I've never really listened to her stuff. She has some weird kind of remix in Baz Luhrmann's Elvis movie, because, you know, he does that anachronistic stuff. Yeah. Um, she's obviously very popular. But I couldn't name you a single song. This is officially I Am Old, I think. Is she good? Um, I'm not sure. No reaction from anyone in the studio. <laughs> so, I want to believe she's good. I want to believe. <laughs> so anyway. Fox um, Mulder over here. My headline is this. Doja Cat enlists a teenager to hook her up with his adult friend, gets mad about it, and also it's yet another Stranger Things story. We've not been Stranger Things and the Stranger Things effect in recent weeks. But oh, yeah. um, this one's quite different. People so. are losing their minds. People are losing their minds. So, uh, Doja Cat, yeah, having a bad time. She had to cancel the, uh, being the opening act on the weekend stadium tour because of tonsil surgery. Um, and then, essentially, the story goes as far as this, right? It appears that Doja Cat has a crush on the actor Joseph Quinn, who is 29 years of age. She's 26, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> the way you said that, I was like, is that now a problem? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's because, like, Stranger Things connection. It's a vulnerable age. Everyone, yeah. <laughs> 29, yeah, you're like, you're about I to... I certainly was vulnerable at 29. All, it's all about to go wrong for you. 29, I'm vulnerable, right? Oh jeez! Uh, well, listen, you seem it's only gonna get worse, my friend. So, <laughs> Joseph Quinn, uh, who's been stealing the show in Stranger Things season four as breakout character Eddie Munson, a metalhead guy. He's the guy who does the Metallica thing. Um, okay. She tweeted once uh, and said, "Joseph Quinn, fine as shit." Now, is he fine as shit? Is he hot? He's a good-looking guy. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, not in the show because I don't really subscribe to the you know, the long metal 80s hair thing. I've never okay. understood how anyone could find that look. But he's, but of course, inevitably with these things, you know, you go into their Instagram and of course they're like a sharp-suited, short-haired, yeah, yeah. you know, cheap But I wonder which, Much like yourself, Greg, which yeah. version it is that she likes. It's clearly the show version, right? I guess so. Um, different strokes. But like, essentially what happened was she was DMing Noah Schnapp, who is an actor on the show who plays Will, one of the kids, who's 17 now. I actually thought he would have been like 20 at this stage. I can't keep up with this stuff. So he's 17. She's DMing him. I, I don't love this. It's very Drakean. I don't know. Well, no, no, but she's not like, she's, I know, she's not after him. She's not after Joseph yeah. Quinn, which is fine. Drake wasn't after anyone. No. Legally, we should point out. <laughs> what happens in those DMs stays in those DMs, according to Millie Bobby Brown. Oh, man. Um, anyway, the point is... <laughs> Have you missed being in the room with me? <laughs> oh, yeah, big time, yeah. The, the whole situation here is that um, 
I guess it was Will You Shift My Mate, right? Yeah. So she's DMing Noah Schnapp. I don't know on what platform. Are they friends? I don't know what happened. I guess not. And she wanted her, wanted him to set her up with Joseph Quinn. Now, I thought she had a boyfriend. Maybe she doesn't. Maybe it's all fine. Okay. Uh, but here's the thing, right? Noah Schnapp, being a 17-year-old uh, plucky so-and-so, he posted their conversation on TikTok, which is not a cool thing to do. Uh, yeah. So, now, at the same time, he's a kid. She then went on some kind of Instagram thingamajig, which was weird because when she was talking in this address to the world, there was all these filters going on, like a cowboy hat and a dog nose <laughs> thing going on her and like just weird hearts going everywhere. Anyway, um, she had things to say about this 17-year-old boy who she threw under the bus, and it sounds a bit like this. When you're that young, you make mistakes. You do dumb shit. I'm like trying to be super fair. You do dumb shit, you say dumb shit, you fucking fuck up relationships with people, you you make mistakes. Like, you're supposed to so that you know, you're supposed to do stuff like that so that you know not to do it in the future. Like, I, I did my share of fuck ups so that I don't fuck up again. Um, but the fact that this person, that Noah did that, like went and posted a private conversation between me and him is so unbelievably like socially unaware and whack. And like, you know what I mean? Like that's like borderline snake shit. Like that's like, that's like weasel shit. And like, I'm not saying that encapsulates his entire personality. Like Noah is not like, the definition, like, I, I wouldn't imagine he is. Maybe he is. He's 17. <laughs> if you look up weasel shit or snake shit in the dictionary, <laughs> there's his photo. So a couple of takeaways there. Number one was I looked over and saw Adam Googling photographs of Joseph Quinn. Yeah. Do you think he's good looking? Verdict? Yeah, he's a pretty good looking guy. Okay. Pretty good looking guy. Yeah. Um, second of all, <laughs> I mean, I don't think what Noah Schnapp did was cool. But at the same time, talk, can you imagine if you were 17? Now, granted, he's a 17-year-old celebrity, but, like, this is... I never had to deal with this. Can you imagine if, like, you fucked up in some kind of, you know, yeah. romantic scenario or whatever, or some kind of social, like, faux pas, and instead of it being an angry text message, it's a fucking video on Instagram going out to the world. Now, apparently... It's kind of like for like, though. Apparently, she's lost over 200,000 Instagram followers <laughs> <laughs> as a result of this. <laughs> Which is incredible. Yeah. Strange things affect indeed. Uh, do you have any opinion on this, Craig? Um, yeah, I have an opinion that Doja Cat is quite good because she did that song Kiss Me More with SZA, which we featured on oh, No yeah. Ox Court last year. Yeah, um, that was good. quite good. And also, I mean, 17 is very young, but thinking back to being 17, I don't think I would have posted someone's fucking private... Yeah. It just seems like an odd move, regardless of your age. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's like two wrongs don't make a right. I mean, then to imagine him watching that video. Oh, yeah. What just, a, there's no winners. Joseph Quinn, meanwhile, to quote Liam Payne. <laughs> three, <laughs> three, three losers in one fight. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, Joe, she got because you didn't want to do what she had to do. Um, <laughs> no snap, no snap, uh, because. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> He did, um, no, 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 did what he had to do. Uh, <laughs> no shot, no, no shot because he didn't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Joseph Quinn because he did nothing. <laughs> yes, outstanding. I love it. <laughs> 
Oh. The poor Joseph Queen, meanwhile, has, has, unlike Adam, has maintained a dignified silence throughout. Yeah, he's got the chops. He does know? have the chops. Um, <laughs> another man who has the vocal chops is oh, here we go. Keith Duffy. <laughs> So Craig, These links Craig, are harder Craig, than you make them look. <laughs> Craig, oh, like you, you're just as good as me. Craig, uh, Craig was doing news this week, and uh, he was like, "I'll take point on news. You can sit back." And I was like, "Tears, man!" But I did message you on, I think it was Tuesday morning, and I was like, "Please include this." And you're yeah. like, "I already have one hundred percent." Yeah, we need to talk about boys' life mm-hmm. and um, their relationship with. <laughs> Everyone knows who they are. You get me? It's Keith Tuffy. It's Brian McFadden. It's Boys Life. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Keith has been bemoaning the fact that um, basically his home country hates him, hates Boys Life. These are kind of his words. Um, he said that him and Brian no longer do interviews with the Irish media anymore at all because they're always writing negative things about the duo. He was speaking at the opening of celebrity fitness trainer Paul Byrne's new gym in Dublin's Paris Court Centre because of course he was. <laughs> I think I got an invite to that, seriously. I got an invite <laughs> to some... I did, I got an invite Should've to some gone. gym opening. And I was like, I can't make it, sorry. Had I known... Oh, man. The, the stars of Boys Life of here. Sorry, can I just hijack this for one second? There's a quote here, and just the start, the opening line, he goes, we just wanted a peaceful life. <laughs> like he's like he's Michael Corleone in The Godfather. Are you joking? <laughs> what the fuck? We love what we do. We're very successful in the UK. They champion us over there, and they bring out do the they? best of us. As if they're like creating masterpieces. Aren't they just touring the old the old hits? Yeah. And, like, oh God. But he goes and on doing like some old crooning standards yeah. as well, I think. He goes on to say you come over here and you come over here and whether it be radio DJs or certain journalists, they write derogatory terms. They're just negative. Boys home was the same when we came back together in two thousand and eight. Never worked here again. It was always the UK, Australia, Middle East, Europe. Brian and I are just back from Cape Town. We're on our way to Indonesia now, to Bali, and then we're off to Vietnam and Cambodia. Then we're off to Bahrain, Dubai. Oh yeah, taking that dollar. And Abu Dhabi, but we do nothing in Dublin. It really is just this a grudging. Like, this is an unbelievable, like, uh, look at my amazing travel itinerary. Yeah, he says, it's just begrudging. People don't listen and they insult. People assume it's going to be shite because they don't like us from the days of the 90s. Wait, wait, is that not just the biggest admission that he's saying, like, our work in the 90s was shite? Adam, jump in here. Yeah, I have to because I, right, so Keith Duffy is the face of Tireland, a tire company. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, but if you ring up Tireland, the phone number, who's the fucking recorded voice on the line? It's Keith. Keith Duffy. <laughs> it's Keith Duffy. <laughs> is he singing? Does he do a jingle or is he just... Uh, no, it's a bit, more of a bit more of a How Are You Buddies kind of thing. Um, what, is he like the receptionist? Can, can we... Um... Can we ring up the number right now? Would it go to voice now? Uh, would it, would it... I could probably arrange that. Give me one second. Oh, amazing. Cool, cool, yeah. I, I need to hear this. This is real-time investigative journalism that you're hearing right now. Yeah. So. Well, he sorts that out. Um, Keith does go on to say, I rarely socialise in Dublin because when I go out, you don't know if someone is going to buy you a pint or give you a dig, which in fairness okay, is a serious on. thing. Yeah. Yeah, but like, is it that bad? And also, like, this is very, like, like he's very much like, oh, the 90s, like, you know, it's like, you were wildly successful in the 90s. Huge. As was Brian McFadden. We only did our award show moments thing recently, in which my number one was that 
MTV Awards where Boys Are Basically the Star Attraction and Keith Duffy remember Keith Duffy and he was like he was like look at us now yeah look at us now and it's like really like it doesn't sound like it was that bad it okay. like you're on top of the world <laughs> oh, oh here we go. Go. I have it ready here I'm gonna ring um okay. I, I don't I'm gonna put it on speaker I don't know how well this what is. if someone answers though no like, no, and, no it's like, they're closed it's fine okay okay hang what on Keith Duffy answers how are you boys? Hello, how you doing? It's Keith Duffy here. Thank you for calling <laughs> Unfortunately, we are closed right now, but if you leave as much information and your phone number, we will get back to you tomorrow and we'll sort you out. Thanks for calling Thailand. Have a great day. Now, Bye. there you go, Thailand. <laughs> oh, unbelievable. <laughs> That's your man off Coronation Street. <laughs> So in some recent episode of EastEnders, regular characters uh, Suki and Eve are seen chatting together in um, the local calf, which I think is called Kathy's Calf, isn't it? I haven't watched EastEnders since I was a teenager, so Ian I do Beale's, not know. Um, ma'am, I think it's named after her. I used to watch EastEnders. So did I. Um, when did you bow out? When I finished school. Same with Home oh, Away okay. and Neighbours. So what era would that have been? Uh, early 2000s. Yeah, so I probably around the time they Mid-2000s, dropped the whole. Yeah. I love the whole like gangster element, like the Steve Owen stuff. I watched that. The yeah. Johnny, what was Johnny? Johnny Allen. I think he was coming in as I was leaving. Do you remember Grant came back? But and Grant yeah, yeah, Johnny Allen and, nearly yeah. killed Phil and Grant in a, in in like the woods. Do you remember <laughs> oh, this? I, I can't. Yeah. Remember I don't remember this. this. It was I was on the edge of my seat. Really? Yeah. Okay. One hundred percent. There were. It is Kathy's cafe, by the way. Kathy's <laughs> cafe. <laughs> well, this was the um, setting for this bonding moment. Um, there was conversation about uh, guilt and the death of a loved one, and then Eve revealed that as a youngster, she was a proud nerd who loved nothing more than chilling with her trash metal albums rather than socializing with anybody. So we've direct quotes here. I um, I was Craig, back Craig to doing my play of the day. I was a geek who was at home, just shut up in my room, blasting out trash metal music, just so that no one would talk to me. Like your mom, I don't know. Adding that she liked the drums, guitars, swearing. Not to be outdone, Suki, historically portrayed as a villain in the show, revealed that she too used to be a metalhead, albeit a closet one who was keener on the slower and heavier side of the genre. To quote, I prefer my metal with a slower tempo. Low-tuned guitar, crawling riffs, music dripping with desperation. <laughs> Which he exclaims, Dude, what are you? You're like, this. what? A doom metal van? <laughs> <laughs> you dark horse. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's all making sense now. That fierce attitude, that jet black heart. Metal fans don't have jet black hearts. We've also, discussed metal this fans don't have a conversation like this. This sounds like something out of porn. <laughs> I should have known. You're a metal fan. You're a metalhead. Anyway, they ended up snogging a bit later to Black See? Sabbath's Paranoid. <laughs> they would have liked that recent discussion did about they, um, Iron Man. Did, did they play Black Sabbath on EastEnders? How much did that cost? Yeah, yeah they wow. did. Um, they, they've usually got some music on the go, right? I remember hearing... Craig, I haven't watched the show in oh, 20 years. Like, I mean, like... like I'm, yeah... Yeah, it's not I mean, for me anymore. You gotta leave these things behind. You gotta leave childish things behind. The internet went wild. Did it? Yeah. Did the I internet go wild? I like that. <laughs> Is that what well, happened? There's an assortment of about five or six tweets. <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> oh, read there them. There you go. <laughs> I do like the fact, though, that this is the story as opposed to it just being like a lesbian guest or something. That's good. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Of um, course. No, I saw this nice ending because I was like, Black Sabbath, mate. You love Black Sabbath? I do love Black Sabbath. Um, I wouldn't call them doom metal. 
predecessors, I no, guess. The, they got the description of do, kind of doom metal. I was just like, they're hardly going to reference like sun or something like that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, imagine. <laughs> um, It'd be incredible. <laughs> but hang on, hang on, hang on. The assortment of five or six tweets, what were they saying? Um, what was the general public saying? Sorry, I've gone back to Simon there's always one. There's, surely there's one person who's like, you know, oh man, you know, I've been waiting, I've been waiting 36 years for EastEnders to reference the Sab or whatever. <laughs> Finding out that Suki Panasar is a metalhead is my favorite thing ever. Do metal, no less. Love a woman with taste. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's screaming at Suki and Eve, and I'm more shocked she's into metal music. Tbh. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Um, one user questioned. EastEnders referencing doom metal. Our time in the public's adoring spotlight has come. <laughs> then someone else said, Suki into doom metal. Are we talking Sabbath Caius or Electric Wizard Monolord here? <laughs> and then that was answered later with the whole Sabbath thing. Um, yeah, tra- trash metal isn't that sweary, is it really? <sighs> like, compared to... I mean, Metallica or thrash metal? metal. Slayer or thrash metal? Yeah, I wouldn't... In my list of three things about trash metal, I wouldn't be like, all oh, all the swearing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's progressive, though, isn't it, for EastEnders? Like, do, is the scriptwriter a big metal, metal fan? fan? Or are they just so, trying yeah. to crowbar in some awkward... And, yeah, I don't know, maybe. And again, and, and porn fan, because no one speaks like this. I, yeah, I just feel it's soap opera dialogue, isn't it, really? I guess. Maybe it plays... Maybe the actors did it justice. What are you, you going at? I was going to say, not that your radio play didn't. I had to play two roles there. Did I didn't know what my motivation was, really. I don't have the backstory of these characters. Yeah, I, mean, I just know maybe, they're into metal. You could have asked me to play the other role, but that didn't come into your brain, did it? <sighs> Ever the egotist, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Most talked about date. <laughs> We're going to talk about this. Is this a real life date? That was very Jay Leno of you. Um, We're going to talk about this. <laughs> about this? Was, um, <laughs> see, Richard Keyes <laughs> referred to Arsenal goalkeeper, or ex-Arsenal goalkeeper, and now Fulham goalkeeper burnt Leno as Jay Leno. He went, and a gift from Jay Leno. Um, ridiculous. Um, hang on, is this a real life date or a on-screen date? So there's this, oh no, so this is a... Or people who went to the ceremony together. I keep saying ceremony. It's an interesting question. It might be a PR move. In fact, it seems like it most definitely is. It's Young Gravy. You familiar? Nope. So he's a viral rapper. <laughs> he Is there any other kind? Young Gravy. Young, Young Gravy. gravy. He's been around. He's been around. The names are getting worse. He's been around for about five years, though. He's like, he's got a. I was. I Wikipedia him today. He's got a degree in marketing because, of course, he does. Here's mainly at Christmas. His dad it was clearly well known enough to have his own. Like when his name appears, he's referenced as an insomniac psychologist, okay. which I think means he or psychiatrist, which I think he means he studied insomnia rather than he just had the condition. Right. But like it had his like he passed away a couple of years ago, and I had his like date of birth to when he passed I'm like oh he must be a significant guy so I don't know how well off he is but Young Gravy looks like someone that is just finishing up his like summer at the Cape I need I mean? to know he who looks like not a great guy I need to know who he's on a date with his, oh, hold on his biggest hit at the moment is um, you're burying the lead t- here TikTok propelled hold on we need, we need this context <laughs> Betty Get Money have you heard this no it is the worst crap I've ever heard in my life. It uses it, Can we hear it, it opens with a rickroll. Oh no, no, I don't want to. And then it uses that as the sample throughout the whole thing. It is <laughs> I've heard that. despicable. I've heard it. It's so bad. We're I'm not, just big on TikTok. We're, we're not we're not playing it. Uh, Adam Adam is shaking Adam is shaking his head. We are not playing it on the show. So reading this story not even it's, for comic value. No. It's uh, okay. <laughs> Oh, do you want me to play it? No, 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 no. People well, can give us a blast. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, right, fine, go on. <laughs> Ha 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 ha!
So it's ironic Oh yeah Everything he does Seems to be ironic Right I, I liked him more As I read more about him And learned about this story He looks right? like he's taking The piss out of Jack Harlow Which I would Which I would respect It's hard Oh yeah Oh my god Yeah very much so I think he might predate Jack Harlow Not in terms of existence <laughs> But I think he was around uh, Career wise um, Is that how we're Defining music now Is it It's <laughs> It's so tough to call whether What's your favourite Slipknot album? Well, I mean, it predates Jack Harlow, of course. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. That's the barometer. He's the Jesus Christ of the 21st century music industry. I think I saw them playing Fibbers, right? Ukrainian Kill List? <laughs> Did I steal my laptop? <laughs> oh! oh, oh, oh. Uh, have, we, have we revealed this on the show before? No, I don't think so. Oh, uh, Craig has laptop stolen and yeah, his headphones in Fibbers, and Fibbers. Uh, after all his work day the next day with all my save stuff. My oh, day's work man. got still on it. Hell um, of a night. It was fine. A lot of things happened. Yeah. Don't go to Fibbers on a Thursday night, maybe. Or any night. It's a hell of a place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, can, can I, like, seeing as you brought it up, I'll, I'll just tell this real quick, because I did find it very funny. Thank you. I put up, when, when we were there that night, I put up a photograph on my Instagram of uh, Hugh Carr, friend of the show Hugh Carr, uh, playing pool. And we, yes. were, we, were, we were all playing pool at one stage. And uh, so there was like a bunch of, of pool tables visible in the shop. And the next morning... A reply to that uh, photo I put up from none other than Dave Balf of For Those I Love fame, who's a big pool and snooker guy. Yeah. And apparently very good. So I guess he's like on a mission to play everywhere he can. I think when he goes on tour, he will literally put up stuff like anyone know any good pool halls near such oh, and such. Okay. So he's a, he's a pro um, of sorts. Um, I don't think he's actually a professional, but I'm sure he's very good. But he replied and he was like, where is this, Dave? It was very sincere. I always love when he messages me because, you know, it's it's sporadic and he's, he's a very nice guy. So he goes, where is this, Dave? And I said, I said, it's in Fibbers, would you believe? And he was like, block caps, that's in Fibbers? He's like, <laughs> he's like, what the fuck? And I said, yeah, man, weird, right? I said, first time I was there since 2006 after a brand new gig that I went to in a tripod, oh, wow. I believe. I forgot how, like, cavernous it is. It, it's massive. lost in that place. Uh, it's it's gigantic and it's very very weird but I then said yeah and I said it was a weird night I said Craig poor Craig had his laptop and headphones stolen so maybe yeah. don't go there and Dave Ball for those I love replied and said he goes oh man that's terrible he goes I'd be on the warpath and then he goes Warpath, one of the great Fibbers bands. <laughs> and I was like, yes! <laughs> it totally is, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Hang on, I've, I've got some Breaking Blink-182 news. Oh, great, okay. Tom DeLonge has left... No, he hasn't. Uh, so Left the planet. <laughs> Tom DeLonge. He's currently orbiting Mars. Uh, he posted an Instagram thing about Matt Skiba. So we can actually follow up in oh, real time great. here. Great, let's Stereo do it. Gum have the story, right? Even though they just took it from his Instagram. Uh, but I, I, the reason I mention it is because they mentioned Josh Frischante, John uh, Frischante and Josh Klinghoffer. Josh Klinghoffer like, yeah, yeah they, they made the same comparison in their intro here, Craig. You should be writing for Stereo Gum. Um, we'd all love to write for Stereo Gum, wouldn't we? It's a good website. Oh, um, they pay. Tom DeLong, Stereo Gum. Mercenary talk. Tom DeLong, paid for your work. We don't know. Tom DeLong on Instagram said, I sent this to Matt personally. But it's important for the world to know that I honour him. Thank you, at Matskiva. Here's um, my private message. That, I know. Uh, you, was, you had all the best intentions. <laughs> it's important that you all read it and think I'm a great guy. <laughs> exactly. And here it is. Hi, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, I love it. Go on. Craig collapsing oh. onto the couch. Hi, Matt. Tom DeLong here. 
I wanted to take a minute and say thank you. I was reading this for the first time in real time. Oh, brilliant. Hi, Matt. Tom's along here. I wanted to take a minute and say thank you for all that you've done to keep the band thriving in my absence. Nice. I think you are enormously talented. I still love and listen to your band to this day. That's Alkaline Trio, everybody, by the way. If you've never listened to them, they're fantastic. Back to the message. You've always been so kind to me, not only in the press, but also to others. I really noticed. Emotions between the three of us and Blink have always been complicated, but Mark's cancer really put things into perspective. But to be honest, the band would not even be here today if it were not for your ability to jump in and save the day. So from my heart to yours, thank you for being a member of our band. That's lovely. That is lovely. Nice, yeah. Nice. yeah. Should he have should he have kept it between the two of them? Yes. One hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> what like there's no <laughs> He didn't say why it was important to share, did he? So the fans know that everything's harmonious, I suppose. Mm. Okay, well, okay. Yeah. He didn't see the response. He didn't have to. He yeah. could have just said, listen, I've been on to him and like... It's fine. It's, yeah. I feel better for having read it. I thought it was lovely. Yeah, yeah. Right, so now that we've addressed the broader news stories of the year, we can focus on the one man that stood out in our news section as the most prominent figure of the year, so much so that he even got his own team tune. I'm sure you know who it is. But let's have a listen. So listen, um, we've talked for a few weeks now about a certain individual um, and, and we've decided that uh, spur of the moment in the studio earlier on, some, 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 some magic happened. Yeah. And we, you know, we haven't had like a, a, a Melvin Ben bong sting for a while. We haven't had a kiss corner. And I think, you know, I, I guess like the fates just had it. So let's talk about the one and only person that is... That's kind of mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, it's time to open the Bono Box. The masterpiece. Yeah, we're in. The, we're actually in physically in the Bono Box right now. Adam made it as we came over to the studio. He constructed <sighs> it. It's a, it's a nice place to be. I feel very comfortable. We're in the Bono Box. My voice is still a bit sore from our recording session before this recording session. We did it in one take, by the way. We did that in one take. Oh, just I, and inspiration I wa- struck. And I, I was home in Vertigo, <laughs> and suddenly we had the lyrics. We I, had the the will. I want that to be and known. The talent. I want that to be known <laughs> that, it, that it was one take. One take. And I'll back that up. People, people will know. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? So in the Bono Box, we talk about. Bono Vox, and that's how it works. So mm-hmm. we've spoken for weeks on end about his new book, about which, Bono. <laughs> which is out. His book is out in the world now. And Congratulations to Bono. Yeah, congratulations, Bono. Um, I think Craig has picked another story coming out of it, but the real story, Craig, is that um, I'm trying to get us into the to the Olympia show, yeah. but I've been told today, to my horror, that there's no guest list. So um, maybe, beggar's belief, to be quite honest. Well, I wonder does Bono know there's no guest list? Surely he wants the press there to. Surely his hang family on every word. aren't paying. Or will they go? I don't know. I, I mean, feel like that might be a separate list. I think his son's on tour. Can you get onto his son? Maybe, yeah, maybe. Uh, hello, person I interviewed <laughs> twice. Um, so here's the thing, right? Um, I was trying to get us in for journalism purposes so that we could report back on the show. And then Craig, Craig, Craig or Adam, one of them, probably both at the same time, had a great idea earlier on before we hit the mics on and said, yeah, why, don't we, why don't we just buy tickets? 60 euro. And pop. myself and Dave were like, what? We were like, that's ridiculous. Buy tickets but then Adam made, Adam made the point that we do have a Patreon fund. That's what it's there for. So it's patreon.com slash no encore. Yeah, sure Thank you to everyone who has contributed to that and in fact allows us to buy these tickets. So I was like, that's a great idea. That's what we should do. That's a perfectly, that's a business expense and we can talk about it on the show. Yeah. And then to my horror, 
we, to, we got we all got very excited really like at the prospect of a Monday night into it yeah I was like unbelievable this this is an this audience is great. With and then Adam Mr. Houston I said to Adam look up Ticketmaster there and tell us what the best available seats are turns out you barked at Adam we should say did I bark at him yeah you said look up Ticketmaster there <laughs> do it <laughs> no, now you didn't, of course I asked him politely and to my horror Craig it's sold, sold out. out it's fucking sold out He's a popular guy. Jesus Christ. We have, like, n- now we have to go. This has now become a thing. Yeah. Could we sneak in? Anyone Steal listening? Yeah, round the back. <laughs> yeah. Giant trench coat type situation. Um, anyone listening who is going to the Bono 3 Olympia event and wants to sell us their ticket for face value, let us know. Yeah. Or better yet, hopefully I can swing. I'm still going to try. Yeah. I'm going to try. MCD, if you're listening. The entity that and is I know MCD. you are, Dennis Desmond. <laughs> Put us on the list. We like to be fair. We have given support to this book. We have talked about Bono in a positive light. We have light. stood up for Bono. We have. Other naysayers have. I took his side over Jerry Adams. That means I'm a marked man, Craig. <laughs> anyway, what's the story that you have this week? Oh, does it really matter? It does. It's, um, <laughs> he was on. Oh yeah, he pitched up on BBC Radio too. Not this podcast. He'll chat to Zoe Ball. I bet she, she's on the guest list in London. But anyway, <laughs> he was basically chatting, giving his anecdotes. Also, he was on... Um, Graham Norton with Taylor Swift. Did you see any clips no. from that last Friday? Yeah, no. he um, declared himself to be a Swifty. Excellent. He's, you know, he's a smart ingratiating. He, know, he, he, he <laughs> she knows, seemed very cool on it as well. He knows, uh, again, like she's capable of being human. You know, <laughs> she showed up at the Bonnie Vare gig. Looked cool. Did yeah, that song yeah. I like? Capable of being human. Um, as is Bono, who showed up apparently at the White House. Oh, invited. uninvited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was back in the good old Obama days. He was talking to Zoe Ball about his experience of falling asleep in the US president's official residence. Not only that, I believe it was in the Lincoln Room. Oh, wow. It's a weird story, right? Okay. So he says, I don't call it drunk, which is always a good way to start an anecdote. I have an allergy to, I don't know, salicylitis? Silats, salas silats. I'm going to go with salas silats, which are found in red wine, pizza, tomato sauce, lots of things. So a big night out with a lot of red wine, pizza, or aspirin. My head will swell up like a balloon and pop, or I fall asleep anywhere. Continue quoting him. I've fallen asleep in really awkward spots. He starts name dropping here, of course. The the lighting desk of Sonic Youth. They mixed around me and couldn't be nicer. <laughs> Imagine Thurston Moore being like a sleepy Bono. <laughs> I've slept on the street. Great. <laughs> on car bonnets. And indeed, I did fall asleep at the White House and they were very, very good about it, actually. <laughs> this man can't get into trouble. So he goes on to say the 44th president of the United States, he mixes cocktails. He doesn't have too many. He's very measured. Gets that in, so he's invited back. (laughs) (laughs) I had them and the wine and the allergy, and I ended up slipping out for a kip. And the president said to Ali, his wife, after about 10 minutes, where's Bono gone? She said, he's just gone for a sleep. He said, I'm sorry. (laughs) Jesus. She said, he has to. He has to go for these sleeps. He'll be back in 10 minutes. I've been with him for 30 years. Don't you worry about him, Mr. President. I'll go find him. So Obama was like, no, no, no. I'm going to come with you. I know he was asking me about the Gettysburg Address. And then... I was in Lincoln's bedroom, says Bono, asleep, falling asleep in the bosom of Abraham himself, which is such a Bono line. He just woke me up and laughed. President laughed his head off. 
But he does tell people that he drinks me under the table. He doesn't believe the allergy thing. Right. And forbid. What if this happened during a gig? I don't know. If he's just nodding off randomly from what these salicylites. In the middle of like get on your boots or something. Sexy boots. He just goes down for the fucking count. I've never heard of this thing before. Where you just fall asleep because of pizza or red wine or... Is this some kind of narcolepsy thing? It seems to be. It kind of reminds me of the time he started like explaining away his shades by saying he's, he's got, got a coma, coma or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. which is probably fair. I mean, I believe Bono wholeheartedly and I look forward to seeing him in person. Yes, um, <laughs> on the 21st of November in the Olympia Theatre, where, of course, we definitely will be. Yeah, he also said, by the way, look forward to this. New U2 music on the way, album almost finished. Uh, they decided not to put it out just yet. And uh, he says this kind of all the time, doesn't he? And then we never get an album for like another five years. But um, Or he usually says it's going to be something that it turns out not to be that thing at all, you know? Yeah. It's going to change music. Songs of Ascension, was that it? Modern hymns. Modern hymns. <laughs> Modern hymns. <laughs> at the moment, we're kind of... We're writing modern hymns. That's right, yeah. The which last means, one was, um, as we've discussed before, songs that will be sang forever. But more importantly, Craig, uh, this was teased at one point throughout the day that yeah, Pelosi <laughs> would in fact be reading out a poem um, yes. written by a certain certain rock legend by the name of Bono. And she did that, Craig. And I happen to have the audio. Oh, of- my God. <laughs> because, yeah, there was... <laughs> I saw this tweet and I was like, this can't be a real thing. Like Bono's written a poem about Ukraine and Nancy Pelosi's going to read it. Mm-hmm. So I Googled it, right, literally before we, we started recording. Um, and I was going to ask you because you're, you know, hard-nosed um, journo that's been like on the beat all day. So mm-hmm. you'd have more info. No, there's, there's, an, there's already a Snopes.com article about it <laughs> saying, did Pelosi read a poem by Bono about Ukraine? And people were saying that it was actually just that you 2 had posted a poem by a Ukrainian and she was getting confused, as she well, often does. But you maybe, can confirm now. Yeah. Well, I can confirm that she read something out um, and that she she communicated to the world that it was from Bono. What does Snopes.com say? The notoriously mostly reliable, but not always. Snopes.com got in contact with Pelosi's spokesperson and they confirmed that um, the US House Speaker was going to read a poem by Bono, not well, just that's what she by said. Yeah. So and we'll be able fairness. to confirm here because I have what you two posted, so we can... we can. Okay, okay. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play the audio. This okay. is at the Friends of the US, Friends of the Irish or something, lunch, luncheon thing that, again, Taoiseach Mail Martin was unable to attend. Um, he's in good health, though, so it's fine. Um, she read this out. Now, this is uh, the audio. This, this has been a minute long. And it's worth the build. Also, the audio is a bit wonky for the first half of it or so. Don't blame me. Blame C-SPAN, whose audio I have ripped for the purposes of this podcast. So this okay. is Nancy Pelosi from America uh, reading out a poem. From America. From America. <laughs> reading out a poem uh, that we think is by Bono. Okay. And I think by the end of it, it has to be by Bono because, boy, does it go places. Here we go. Before I introduce them, I, want to, I got this message this morning from Bono. And, and most of us, we're always, whether we're in Ireland or here, or whatever it is, Bono has been a very Irish part of our lives. <laughs> he sure has. He said this. He said, oh, St. Patrick, he drove out the snakes with his prayers, but that's not all it, t- that's not all it takes. Craig's losing it. The smoke symbolizes an evil that arises and hides in your heart as it breaks. And the evil from, risen from friends, from the darkness that lives in some men, but in sorrow and fear, that's when saints can appear. 
to drive out those old snakes once again. And they struggle for us to be free from the psycho in this human family. <laughs> pain is now the Ukraine, and St. Patrick's name is now Zelensky. Oh man! Oh, my God. The, oh. <laughs> the best part, the best part at the end of it is when she, she like he, she goes like she goes, how about that? And then she has oh this, my she, God. she has, she has this look like when she says Zelensky, she like she has this real like, uh, like look on her face, and I was oh, like, well, hey. gotcha with that one. Yeah, that was not um, the poem that you two posted <laughs> by uh, Tara Shevchenko, which was an actual proper poem. Yeah, that was definitely Bono. I think I, I think I got a modern hymn from um, Bono. He was talking about one of the albums. I think it was No Line on the Horizon, and he was asked about like, so what's the new stuff like? And he's like, we've been trying to write modern hymns, which is <laughs> basically songs that will last for eternity. Yeah, it's a sequel to the verse Urban Hymns. You might, you might yeah, be familiar. Yeah. Now, I wonder if he was on the phone though to uh, to a different person in the world of entertainment who apparently Craig could use a could use a hand on the shoulder. It is, of course. I'm worried about this, man. Down on his luck, Bono. You know, you say we, we kind of joke, and I worry about Bono, or, you know. Do you? Or Paul, as I call him. <laughs> <laughs> our, so, our Paul. Paul Hewson, a.k.a. Bono. Vox. Mr. H. <laughs> Mr. H. Uh, he has a book coming out, Craig. We've talked about it on the yeah. show. It's called Surrender, 40 Songs, One Story. It's out uh, at the end of November, I believe. Oh, no, sorry. It's it the, fir- the first of November. November. November 1st, yeah, yeah, he's doing, because he's doing a tour. He's doing, like, a book tour in which he will in, including a date at the Olympia the Theatre yeah yeah that'd be so kind of would be interesting going? I'm going to try and get guest lists so we can do it for journalism oh um, so let, let's see if we can okay I'll get in touch with, with my guy and I'll see what he says the answer will be no Dave is your guy is your guy <laughs> the edge no it's uh, it's Larry Mullen Jr <laughs> so um, it's Eli Houston of Inhaler oh fan, yeah he's your guy who I've interviewed twice yeah. um, nice fella um, he is so he'll be he'll be in the Olympia Theatre on I think it's the twenty first of November and it's sixty euro a ticket but you know what you get for your sixty euro you get Bono you get a copy of the book oh yeah that's it's included in the package yeah. what a sweetener says Adam it's sixty euro <laughs> like twenty quid book twenty quid book yeah, you forty get to euro spend an hour or two in the. <laughs> and he's a uh, 40 quid mono. The, the greatest um, raconteurs of our era. Well, that's what he'll be doing. He'll be singing songs, I assume, but he'll also be talking about the book. And and he is doing interviews, of course, to promote this book, or he was doing some kind of festival there in the UK, yeah. at the Cheltenham Literature Festival. Now, who's who? Um, he has opened up, though, about alleged death threats that he received. Uh, he's going to talk about this in the book. He speaks about numerous threats that the band and he himself received from the IRA gangsters and far-right groups. Anyone else? Um, he said that Jerry Adams, former Sinn Féin leader, said he thinks uh, Bono, quote-unquote, stinks. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We should point out, Jerry Adams didn't make a death threat. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the word. Where do you do? Because, well, it wouldn't be like him. Uh, because of their pro-peace stance. <laughs> quote... <laughs> Cuddly Jerry Everyone's everyone's favourite Comedy Twitter granddad Who's never done anything wrong (laughs) Mr A Fuck Fuck. Anyway U2's opposition To paramilitaries Of all kinds Had cost the IRA Valuable fundraising In the US Says the book Do we think that's true? Can we quantify it's that? It's a tricky one because your go-to is. is that it's more just, you know, Bono, Braggadocia are kind of just inflating the truth. But you know what? I mean, at the time, you two were America's biggest band. Maybe <laughs> it did. I mean, it wasn't good PR, you know, to be anti. He did, in fairness, take quite a, an anti 
violence and IRA stands back in the 80s. Mm. Bono also said that a famous gangland leader in Dublin, unnamed, had been planning to kidnap his daughters and that the gangsters people had been casing our houses for several months and developed an elaborate plan. I would not be surprised if that was 100% true and it sounds terrifying. It does, yeah, yeah. in fairness. Um, and finally, he said uh, far-right groups targeted them following the release of the song Pride, the band's tribute song to Martin Luther King. Uh, Bonner said during a gig in Arizona, he was warned that if he sang the verse about Martin Luther King's assassination, he would, quote, not make it to the end of the song. Bonner said he got all messianic on myself and sang the key verse, that being shot rings out in the Memphis sky. Do you want to sing it, Craig, do you? I'm scared to. Free, <laughs> free at last. They took your life. They could not take your pride. Take your pride. I then realised the gravity of the situation and I did close my eyes. It was a slim possibility, but just in case. On reaching the end of the song, he said, I'm still alive, oh good. And I looked up and I could not see the crowd because Adam Clayton was standing in front of me and he'd been there for the entire verse. I didn't see this Adam, part of the story. Adam Clayton, Adam Clayton, like Clint Eastwood in, in the line of fire. He's going to take a bullet for Bono. <laughs> the bodyguard. What the fuck? I'm, I'm hero of you too. Adam Clayton. In many ways man. he is, yeah. Uh, the book is 576 pages long. So I guess you are getting value for money there. Um, and there is, of course... like to go on. Quid book and one quid for every song. There is, there is, there is in fact, an audiobook version done by Bono. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Um, and the, the press release, which I got a little while ago, uh, in these shows I've got some stories to sing and some songs to tell. Uh, okay, plus I want to have some fun presenting my memoir, Surrender, which is really more of a memoir. <laughs> if, if, if I think of all the people who helped me get from there to here. Oh, he's the best. <laughs> I still feel woefully foolish about how confident I was we'd get to see him in the Olympia for the show, but we all know how that turned out. So maybe the next book tour, Bonham? Who knows? Keep us in mind. So this year was a little different in terms of the usual album review on the show. In previous years, it would have been an almost, if not always, weekly section. But this year presented some hurdles for the guys in terms of their work life. So um, they became a bit more sporadic. However, that didn't curb the quality of the reviews themselves, in my opinion, nor did it detract from one of my personal favourite mainstays of the show, which we're going to focus on here. And that's Craig's album, Primers. Enjoy. That is Arcade Fire on Saturday Night Live performing Unconditional One, Brackets, Lookout Kid, Close Brackets. And now, to tell us all about this gallivanting troupe, here's Craig Fitzpatrick. You've gone for a live cut there. Interesting. I wonder, is that foreshadowing in any way? Yeah, Arcade Fire. Everyone knows them. Let's get into the album. No, um... Uh, that's Yard Act. Now, Craig, Eternal Optimist, who are these lads? Is this in any way valuable? What do you think? <laughs> Feels like a leading question, Dave. Um, as you said, a four-piece from Leeds. They've enjoyed a swift descent over the last couple of years. Um, I think right now they're like juking it out for number one with years and years, right? So that'll have been settled, Looking I guess, by the Battle for the ages right there. Yeah, wow. in the UK. Um, this is really starting to take the sheen off like Mogwai and the Manics getting like to number one isn't it where it's just like <laughs> do a kind of cut price and just get a free a few like pre-orders in and like you might get to number one I don't know wish them well but um, yeah their debut single was Fixer Upper I believe 
uh, came out around like lockdown number one and there was a bit of buzz generated like they were doing a kind of wry deadpan you know slice of spiky indie rock um, seemed to go down well with like the six music crowd and they pulled a bunch of singer- singles together um, for a debut EP Dark Days last year um, they're Elton John approved <laughs> they've been on the BBC sound uh, of music for this year and this full length is now out on Island Records so it's all going very well for them it's kind of simultaneously like zeitgeisty um, in terms of this Breckgesang thing that's going on. A lot of bands are doing that at the moment, but also oddly like something that was coming out on a weekly basis circa like 2005 or six. Um, so yeah, I think like Steve Lamack, Darling Territory, um, definitely six music playlist territory. Yet the big question is, where do we land on them? So Dave, is this a yard act you will follow? Or did you find them to be a yard pill to swallow? <laughs> what is she on about? It's Big Thief there. Adrian Lenker, the singer in question. The song is Time Escaping. The record is, as I scroll up again to check it out, Dragon New or Met and I Believe in You. Craig. If you say it in a rush, it's quite enjoyable, actually. I'm, I'm warming to it. Dragon New or Met and I Believe in You. Okay, that's some enthusiasm. Charlie XCX is a song called Baby, came out at the start of March, and it was not received amazingly well by her stand base, which led to her having an argument with them online. We'll probably get to that. But first, Craig Fitzpatrick with a primer on Charlie XCX. Yeah, she's a bit of a favourite on this show. Um, Charlotte Aitchison, I believe is her name. She's an artist from Cambridge. Been around since, been around since the late, sorry, since the late noughties, I guess. Father John missed you there. Apparently there with his musical bid to get onto the soundtrack of the next Wes Anderson film. He's back. He's cut all his hair off. Is it a Samson effect? Do we care anymore? Who is he, Craig? And what, at this stage of his career, is he asking of us, the listener? Well, Dave, nationwide attempts at racial justice reckonings, riots at the Capitol, an ever-lengthening pandemic. So much has changed in the world since we got uh, an album from the as-yet uncancelled agitator Father John Misty. When he's not clowning around, Father John Misty can be an insightful, poignant songwriter, capable of unravelling delicate vulnerabilities and lancing the overstuffed commodification of the modern era, himself included. Um, that's not my words, the words of Alison Hussey with Pitchfork at the start of this year. This is no Harry Styles there, grape juice with some whistling, keeping it all tied together nicely. Oh, thank God, actually, because I was thinking, like, how do we link this back to Harry and we... We do, Well, he's whistled thankfully. on, he whistled on Fine Line, right? Like, can oh, you he did. Sorry, he did, sorry, he did, yeah. He likes a bit of an owl whistle. Yeah. Um, we'll get into that later on. But yeah, Harry Styles, fresh from reading a bedtime story in his pyjamas on CBeebies. Mm-hmm. Just adorable. Um, everyone's favourite it boy. Um, the Yomi Brummy himself. I don't know. <laughs> Let's the have a bit of it. The is incredible. Kendrick in his bag. Um, do you want a little primer, Dave? Get, ease us in. Uh, Kendrick Lamar, 34 years old. From Compton, Los Angeles. <laughs> feels It's one of those ones where it feels a bit ridiculous talking about him because he is this hip-hop fountainhead, really. Uh, 
uh, chose that section of the song specifically to illustrate the best friendship that Craig and I once shared, but now no longer do. However, it is sad, and I'm glad we can agree on that, uh, if nothing else. But um, one thing I will, you know, I, I, I think Craig still has his value, and in many ways, <laughs> one, 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 way, <laughs> one way in particular is uh, the primer segment of No Encore, in which Craig discusses and informs about a act that we are reviewing. Let's eat grandma, Craig. What do they want, who are they, and why are they called that? Um... They're maybe the greatest thing to come out of Norfolk since Alan Partridge. That's rock and roll, baby, as Eamon Dunphy might say. But it's not that great orator that we're here to talk about. It's Pusha T instead. Craig Fitzpatrick, I trust, has a primer for me. And you, yeah. Pusha T from Virginia Beach managed to stay alive for 44 years, baby. <laughs> to <laughs> paraphrase Eamon Dunphy. That was Happiness was one of the singles from Being Funny in a Foreign Language, the fifth question mark album by... Yes, it is. It's the fifth album. Fifth album from 1975. I believe they've never had a top ten single, but they've had a number one album every single time, including this one in the UK. Yeah, kind of interestingly, considering they've always been like, we're a pop act. Yeah. And they've yet to have... I think a song that's troubled the top 10 or maybe even top 20. Well, I think Too Shy was the one that got closest for them last yeah, time around maybe. and it was still way outside. We were shocked by it at the time. Uh, so the point is he's the enfant terrible <laughs> of, uh, of the pop world and here to tell us more about Matty Healy and the 1975 with his first primer in oh my fucking God, months. Yeah. Go to do this. It's crazy. Fitzpatrick. Yeah, it's been a minute and I, you know, I used to start these primers by going... I'm not going to do it for the 1975. I'm not going to say Manchester's finest because that is like... That's a new order, isn't it? Oh, God. Used to be the Smiths. I don't even know anymore. It's definitely not Stone Roses. It's Eric Ten Hag. That's who it is. Hey, um, <laughs> the 1975 are a band from the leafy suburbs of Cheshire. Lovely. <laughs> founded in 2002. so way back when they were kids. Really? It's Matty Healy. It's three other Caucasian gentlemen. Um, uh, it's Arctic Monkeys and Hello, hello you. you. Craig Fitzpatrick. Craig Fitzpatrick put out a tweet last Friday that I included in the Patreon preview, patreon.com slash noencore this week, in which Craig said uh, something to the effect of uh, Alex Turner saw how huge his band could be after AM and then decided to make two very weird albums that pander exclusively to me. Uh, artists could learn from, from this kind of thing. Uh, so, I mean, like, like, do we have a spoiler already? Like, like, is a, like, is there any chance that Craig didn't adore this album? But before mm-hmm. we get to your ratings and reviews and such, um, tell us a bit about Arctic Monkeys, Craig, and more importantly, this era thereof. Yeah, Sheffield's finest. There we go. <laughs> didn't go with Manchester's finest last week for the nineteen seventy-five. What about but, Sean um, Bean? Apologies to Sean Bean. Apologies to Pulp. Apologies to um, Richard Hawley. The Human League. You, can go, you could go on. <laughs> I could go on, but I won't. Shiver Me Timbers, it's the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and it's Black Summer, the lead single and opening track from Unlimited Love, their 12th. 12th studio album there. Uh, it's 73 minutes long. It's 17 mm-hmm. songs long, Craig. They're all too good. We couldn't get rid of any of them. Um, John Frusciante's back on board. Chili mm-hmm. Peppers fans seem very happy. Were you happy 
Or do you have a primer? I mean, I think people know who they are, right? They're, um... Do you want me to do a primer? Yeah, go on, fuck it. Yeah, go on, yeah, all right, fine. Red Hot Chili Peppers! (laughs) 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 The most quintessentially Californian band since the Beach Boys. Um, Been going since... I nearly said since the 40s. I think it's 40 years. Um, 1983, (laughs) yeah. We don't need to do a primer, of course. I guess the big news is that, you know, there's been... Almost constant lineup changes um, with the Peppers over the years with Kiedis and Flea, Charlotte Friends being... The Chilis, I think, is what people say. The Peppermen. I won't interrupt any further. Go on. That Red Hot Chili Peppers primer never gets old, does it? On to the top five. Uh, this section of the show is an education for me each week and I spawned a number of highlights for me personally this year in terms of best moments for No Encore of the year. From the unfathomably vibrant personality of James McCartney to the return of an original top five titan to the first mention of a G-Funk classic with a very high profile Wikipedia entry. Here we go. Speaking of Tories again for the umpteen time. You love it. You love love this. This person isn't a Tory, but musically, all I'll say is, Dave, Adam, I hope you don't get seasick. (laughs) Let's go. I'll just, uh, I'll just step in here for a second and say that it's absolutely devastating to have the teaser of the first appearance of C6 Steve in the top five and then for it not to happen. But what are you going to do? Yeah, I was teasing some Yacht Rock instead. It's finally <laughs> happened because da- the Dan aren't really, are they? Let's not get into it. It's Christopher Cross. It's sailing. And uh, yeah, I'm levitating. Um, will we go to my number one? We shall. Is it this? It is not. Next <laughs> clip there, Adam, if you don't mind. It's Christopher Cross again. Unfucking believable. Like the way. Unfucking believable. It's, it's not. It's not. <laughs> I was trying to decide between this and sailing. Sailing is my number two. And do you know what's just happened to you, Dave? Um, go on. You've set me up for this one. I'm, I'm... You've, you've just been double-crossed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That pun came to my head. I'm like, I have to cut the clip. And I have to now send it to Adam and explain it. And I didn't let it go. So my real number one, please, Adam. <laughs> Here's my number one. You know, I almost got emotional during that intro, Craig, and with an intro I thought you really had to deliver at the end of it, and boy, did you. It's Hadaway. It's What Is Love. 
it's that most existential of questions and yeah I I don't know what to say about this really it's completely it's deathless in the best possible way I'm going to be listening to this at 90 um just when you think they've delivered the hook where'd you go from there there's it just builds there's different elements it's I don't know it just it's it's that existential thing as well that gets me combined with the fact that this was a bit of a going out drinking song for me and an old group of friends. So I remember listening to this at kind of pre-drinks, at d- different nights, good nights, but also being played. Great nights. Great nights. Thursday nights in the Ozone in Lisa, <laughs> where it would invariably be, this would kick in and you'd have the DJ going like, Thursday night ozone, which would one o'clock, like all drinks two euros, and then it'd be like, can we have security to the dance floor? Security to the dance floor. So that is like totally inextricably linked with this song. This is the thing with his interviews; they always lead back to the Beatles because, oh, of course, man, they do. And he says, have ever, "Sorry, have you ever seen yeah. the Enemy one backstage at the festival where it's like the sixty-second interview and it's like, who would you have at your dinner party?" And he's like, "The Beatles." I was like, who are the best yeah. band in the world? I, it's Beatles, isn't it? I took some it? notes from the thing. I watched it this week. It's amazing, right? So, yeah. His favourite album is Let It Be, right? Um, oh, yeah, I'll go through. I'll go through some All right, go on, yeah, go on. Uh, If he was cooking a meal for someone, what would it be? And he just says vegetables. Um, who'd star as him in the movie of his life? He says DiCaprio and kind of chuckles to himself, which is like, okay, good joke. Um, yeah. Albums he'd take with him to a desert island. Never mind. Let it be. And Abbey Road. <laughs> <laughs> if you could reform any band, the Beatles. <laughs> His advice to young musicians, write lots of songs. <laughs> if you had a house party, who would play it? <laughs> and he just goes, yeah, the Beatles. <laughs> Getting annoyed at this point. <laughs> um, what is your non-musical skill? Arsh. And he's prompted. Someone off screen goes, Arsh. And he goes, yeah, Arsh. <laughs> Describe your music in one word. Just rock and roll. Oh, that's incredible. <laughs> so he believes rock and roll is still up. Just rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. If he could raid another artist's wardrobe <laughs> and he says, the Beatles, man, they're the best. <laughs> that's how it ends. You've had a you've had a stressful week, and I think you've had an existential crisis with this top five. And obviously, there is conflict involved, and like you know, you're on the side of the angels, but you're you're also trying to be a critic. And you know, it's something you know that always comes up, you know, on this show and in general. But luckily, I'm here to to save the day. <laughs> oh, thank God! And can I interest you, Craig, in a uh, incredibly prolific, I would say, and very well known entertainer, born in the seventies. Recording career began in the 90s, but by the turn of the century, this guy was one of the biggest names in music, and it's because of things like this. (laughs) I suspected, but I didn't want to believe. I didn't want to believe. Two words, rhythm divine. It is, of course, Enrique. Dave. <laughs> Enrique Iglesias. Uh, now it's a party. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I had to do it, Craig. I had Thank to do you. it. 
Craig's favorite song. <laughs> Such a great song. <laughs> what, what would I love how I just said that with no irony. <laughs> no, the irony's gone. Um, yeah, previously picked in my um, motivational songs, I believe it was. That might have been yeah. one of the first ones we ever did. It was definitely early on. It was. And it was, I was early days. Baffled. Yeah. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. I believe you told a very emotional story about playing Super Mario Brothers 2, was it? Finishing Super Mario the f- very first Super Mario on a NES <laughs> <laughs> emulator <laughs> that I got to relive my very early childhood. And it's a, oh, it's a tough mutter of a game. It really is, Dave. And I was doing it, I was trying to do it without a save because that wasn't on the original game. And um, I got into this flow state with Rhythm Divine playing on a loop <laughs> in the background. And I did it, baby. Thank you, Enrique. Thank you, Enrique. He is, thank you, Dave. You're welcome. Okay, um, my runner-up. Uh, I want to get back to the real-world consequences of crime uh, after the flippancy of Gimme the Loot. Yep. Um, so, you know, all this gang-banging is going to go wrong at some point. For one, you might scare the life out of a talented rapper who is only looking to spend a lovely evening shooting some dice with some new friends. <laughs> I think I'm going down. I can't believe it's happening in my own town. If I had wings, I would fly. Let me contemplate. I glance in the cut and I see my homie Nate. Sixteen in the clip and one in the hole. Nate Dog is about to make some bodies turn cold. Now they dropping and yelling. It's a tad bit late. Nate Dog and Warren G had to regulate. Regulate. It's Warren G and Nate Dog. I don't think we've picked it before. I, I've put it off a lot because it's been a shoe, like it seemed like a shoe in for a lot of top fives and I'm just like, I'll get to it eventually. And I finally got to it. Unless Dave, you're going to tell me that we did in fact pick it like well, six months ago. Adam has his hand up. So let's see. Go on, we're... Adam. I just have an interesting piece of trivia on this song. Oh, um, yeah. First of all, I love the song. It's amazing. I shouted, yeah, when it came on there, um, <laughs> to which the listeners won't be able to hear because I'm going to kindly edit that out of the episode. But... I did not realise this is a Michael McDonnell sample. Oh yeah, it is. That just improves it, right? Bit of uh, Yacht Rock in the background. Like a, like a week ago I found this out and I was stunned. It's a, it's, yeah, the original's a bop as well. Keep forgetting. It's it's an ultimate like um, divorce core song as well. It's oh, nice. like middle-aged dad is just like, I keep forgetting we're not in love anymore as he's talking to like his ex-wife. <laughs> It's great. I it's feel really like good. I, I may have picked this before, but I'm not sure. I will say that I don't this think week, you did. Though, oh, yeah, I had a quick Google. But this week, though, I've yeah, never been allow more me confident. To, allow, me to consult the, uh, allow me to consult the archives one second. I've never been more oh, yeah, confident so. uh, than I was this week about Craig picking a song, so I didn't <laughs> pick it. So I appreciate that. Um, it was, I think it was Warren G's debut single. It was also used in the soundtrack of Above the Rim, a two-pack film. Uh, Nate Dogg obviously seals the show. There's some things about it that, obviously, it's it's an absolute belter, but I love the fact that it's kind of about, like, enduring friendship and, you know, a love for music and that prevailing over all these hoodlums. Um, I, I constantly love how generous Nate Dogg is about saying, like, myself and Warren G had to regulate, even though Warren G was in no position to regulate. <laughs> <laughs> I've long thought that. But just this week, I was thinking, if this was Warren G's, like, Certainly his breakthrough song, if not his debut. He shows like a surprising amount of vulnerability in terms of the lyrics for like a gangster rap gangster just like trying to establish himself as a force to be reckoned with. Like all the 50 Cent initial songs were just like, 
of being shot and it's nothing and I'm like hard as feck. With this Warren G song, you've got like him basically being like, I'm about to die. Like I'm going to fly away with the angels. Oh my God, my friend is here to save me at the last moment. He's very vulnerable and I appreciate it. We've uh, we've mentioned it numerous times, but this is the subject of the greatest Wikipedia page of all yeah. time. Even though it's not currently active, if you just Google regulate Wikipedia page, uh, page, page and maybe Reddit as well. Dave, you'll find do you want it. some of this? I've got it in oh, front yeah, of me. Yeah, please, please, A little please. bit of it. No, 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 no. Are we doing the whole thing? The whole okay. thing. Before Craig dives in, I'd just like to say this has not been picked before in I a top five. I can't fucking believe it. Yeah, we're doing it. We're <laughs> wow. finally doing it. Okay. Sometimes we just hold back on classics for no real reason and like, my God, this is amazing. Okay, oh, okay. yeah, so uh, some genius that we don't know who did a elongated narrative Wikipedia page description of what the song is about. Craig has it and uh, oh. read the whole thing. First of all, it should never have been removed from Wikipedia because it's like, it's completely factual and beautifully written. And here it goes. On a cool, clear night, typical to Southern California, Warren G. travels through his neighborhood, searching for women with whom he might initiate sexual intercourse. He's chosen to engage in this pursuit alone. Nate Dog, having just arrived in Long Beach, seeks Warren. <laughs> Ironically, Nate passes a car full of women who are excited to see him. He insists to the women that there is no cause for excitement. (laughs) Warren makes a left at 21st Street and Lewis Avenue, where he sees a group of young men enjoying a game of dice together. (laughs) He parks his car and greets them. He's excited to find people to play with, but to his chagrin, he discovers they intend to relieve him of his material possessions. (laughs) Once the hopeful thieves reveal their firearms, Warren realizes he is in a considerable predicament. Meanwhile, Nate passes the women as they are low on his list of priorities. <laughs> his primary concern is locating Warren. After curtly casting away the strumpets, <laughs> whose interest in Nate was such that they crashed their automobile, <laughs> he serendipitously stumbles upon his friend Warren G being held up by the young miscreants. Warren, unaware that Nate is surreptitiously observing the scene unfold, is in disbelief that he's being robbed. The perpetrators have taken jewellery and a name brand designer watch from Warren, who is so incredulous that he asks what else the robbers intend to steal. This is most likely a rhetorical question. (laughs) Observing these unfortunate proceedings, Nate realises that he may have to use his firearm to deliver his friend from harm. The tension crescendos as the robbers point their guns to Warren's head. Warren senses the gravity of the situation. He cannot believe the events unfolding could happen in his own neighborhood. As he imagines himself escaping in surreal fashion, he catches a glimpse of his friend Nate. (laughs) Nate has 17 cartridges, 16 residing in the pistols magazine, with a solitary round placed in the chamber and ready to be fired to expend on the group of robbers. Afterward, he generously shares the credit for neutralizing the situation with Warren, though it is clear that, clear that Nate did all the difficult work. Here, here. <laughs> Putting congratulations aside, Nate quickly reminds himself that he has committed multiple homicides <laughs> to save Warren before letting his friend know that there are females nearby if he wishes to fornicate with them. What a good mate. Warren recalls that it was the promise of copulation that coaxed him away from his previous activities and is thankful that Nate knows a way to satisfy these urges. <laughs> Nate quickly finds the women who earlier crashed their car on Nate's account. He remarks to one that he is fond of her physical appearance. 
The woman, impressed by Nate's singing ability, asks that he and Warren allow her and her friends to share transportation. <laughs> Soon, both friends are driving with automobiles full of women to the East Side <laughs> Motel, presumably to consummate their flirtation in an orgy. The third verse is uh, more expository, with Warren and Nate explaining their G-Funk musical style. Warren displays his bravado by daring anyone to approach the style. There follows a brief discussion of the genre's musicological features, with special care taken to point out that in said milieu, the rhythm is not in fact the rhythm, as one might assume, but actually the bass. Similarly, the bass serves a purpose closer to that which the treble would in more traditional musical forms have taken. Nate displays his bravado by claiming that individuals with equivalent knowledge could not even attempt to approach his level of lyrical mastery. Nate goes on to note that if any third parties smoke, as he does, <laughs> they would find themselves in a state of intoxication almost daily. <laughs> From Nate's other works, it can be inferred that the substance referred <laughs> to is marijuana. Nate concludes his delineation of the night by issuing a threat to Busters, suggesting that he and Warren will further regulate any potential incidents in the future, presumably by engaging their antagonists with small arms far. <laughs> the end. <laughs> well done, Craig. Bravo. Thank you. I'm going to remember, but my God. Unbelievable. What an incredible piece of writing. Why was that taken down? I don't understand it. I have no idea. It's, it's we masterpiece. Need to, we need to track down the writer. That has to be a, an article existing already, right? It has we'll to be. find it. We'll find it. I'll kick it off if that's okay. Um, Please do. And I will say that my number five is a controversial selection, an artist that I know people probably don't want us to talk about anymore on the show, but I, I found myself last night listening to this one, and I was like, this is... I think one of the best songs ever written and I think it's got layers in, especially because of unfortunately the artist now being very toxic but uh, yeah Morrissey it ladies is. and gentlemen <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I retain hope that he'll be great again someday much like the country America but yeah. essentially um, <laughs> where R.E.M. are from <laughs> I think you're such, you're such a dickhead. You're, 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 you're such a prick. You're such an. I'm trying to try have like a, a solemn moment, a poignant moment here. Uh, I love you, but love you um, here's the thing, right? Uh, I think you can play the song for anybody, any single yes, person in the world. So I'm mostly hoping here by picking Drunk Girls by LCD Sound System to resurrect uh, Craig's rant about that album from two years ago, which is still probably my favorite non-core moment. Uh, just this is the is overrated albums moment. Overrated albums. Mm. Please go back to that episode. Top yeah. five most overrated albums. And Craig went, good, the, Craig went the fuck off on <laughs> This Is Happening. I, I couldn't bear that clip. It's such an annoying song. There was a moment that he looked at me and I picked it on purpose because <laughs> yeah. it's when he goes, you know, Drunk Girls, take an hour to pee. It's like you're so fucking irritating. <laughs> yeah, like, but he's being wry no. It's got everything I dislike about LCD sound system. Just that that kind of, you know, wink wink, nudge nudge, I'm too cool for school thing. Second of all, just shamelessly ripping off um your kind of your influences. It's just White Light, White Heat by Velvet Underground, the exact same melody, which is a tremendous song, but that's now ruined for me. <laughs> and third of all, they're like propensity for picking their most annoying songs as like lead singles for every album 
every big single from every album from them, I'm pretty sure, is the worst track on it, which makes me just question the whole operation. <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole point of this band existing, Craig, is that, you know, he he put his money where his mouth is because yeah. he hated the bands he was seeing out on the nights out that he went on. And at the age of 38 or something, he was like, I'm going to do something about it. I kind of do like that and I hugely respect that. And I do like a lot of their songs, but I just, they rub me the wrong way sometimes. A flaming shot. Oh yeah, do you know what I didn't pick? I, maybe I should save it for another day. <laughs> I didn't pick, I, was, I, I really, because like we, he was our number one last week and I will pick it again at some point in the future, but like, it's not really about drinking. It's more about uh, all kinds of animal. Drugging. Yeah, it's all, all, all kinds of primal behavior, but like, uh, there's a reference to like, uh, th- there's a line in there, hotter than a shot of Cuervo, which is, uh, it's LL Cool J's Control Myself featuring Jennifer Lopez. For me to- when at the end he does the so good. Uh, didn't pick that, but um, <laughs> so that's not. I mean, I think we've done it enough. Just got a blast, listener. Yeah, it's it's very good song in a bad way. I've got a mood setter. Okay, because I felt that this song. While obviously bad, um, was just too much fun to put in the top five. So, without further ado, <laughs> let's get in the mood with my not number five, but my little kind of you know my mood setter. Let's go. Tough, isn't it? <laughs> that is it's a sonic hangover. If ever I heard it, that's LMFAO uh, featuring Craig. Who's who's on that track with them? Oh, it's your boy, um, my boy, <laughs> Lil John. Lil John, the best hype man of all time. It's shots. Yeah. The song's called Shots. It became a go-to drinking anthem. Yeah. Would, you, would you believe? Um, get this right. Would you believe? Sorry. It was released in 2009, I think, but 13 years on, or maybe even before this. Basically, during the COVID-19 pandemic, it was used as an incentive at pharmacies and clinics in North America as a celebratory shot, song shot, 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 for the general public getting vaccinated. Um, yeah, it's also been lots of other things. But um, before we move on, um, I, I have a second clip here. So, Craig, ask me when I go, Dave. When, when I when you go to the bar, <laughs> what do you usually order? Dave, when you go to the bar, what do you usually order? Well, Craig. Oh, yeah, you're a fiend for the shots. It's a tequila, actually. I, I do enjoy tequila. Um, all right, listen. So I've set the mood. I'd happily go the rest of my life without hearing the word shots exit Little John's mouth again. Thanks for that, Dave. Okay, I think it's safe to say that the No Encore show is more than just Dave, Craig and myself each week. We've had our fair share of guests this year and this section is especially to say thanks and highlight the wonderful friends of the show who joined us when Dave or Craig was on a well-deserved break from the show or quite simply joined us for the chats and some fun. So here's some of our favourite moments with some familiar voices, including Royal Yellow, Nyler Nine, Neil Dexter, Vinnie and Luke from Overhead the Albatross, Vanilla Jones, Mark Conroy, Richard Chambers, OG No Encore alumni Cullum O'Regan and Dahi O'Droney, and of course, how could we forget, Zara Hederman. An absolute pr- pleasure and a privilege to be joined once again after nearly, I think, 
two years? Too long. Too long. Welcome back. Too many years too long. I'm going to clap for myself. I am thrilled to be back. I love the podcast. Thanks for doing it. We don't finish business. It feels like such an honour. Loved the Kendrick review. Just to shout that out. If anyone hasn't listened to it, go back and listen to it now. That's her homework. Um, Just a flag as well. I will not be using words like sequestered or fidelity throughout that. So cool. We've got Adam for that. That's absolutely fine. Just so people know what they can expect and like the setting the standard and everything else. So Good to know. Good to know. We did actually have you on more recently. I think maybe only a year and a half ago for our quiz off. Do you remember that? Yes. It's like the kickstart I don't want to talk about that because was you... It? Why? What? Yeah. Because, <laughs> because, because I... I lost in bad faith and you're cheering. In bad faith? <laughs> I, yeah, I think so. That's, that's, that's my theory and I'm sticking to it. Okay. I was in the lead for so long. Just something doesn't add up there. You know what I mean? There was That's a lot of pressure. I, I found it extremely stressful. I hate when like Dave puts me on the spot for a few questions with no competition. So that was just a big deal. And you know what? There was a lot of people that got in touch afterwards that were like extremely cocky and were just like, both of you were pretty shambolic and terrible. I thought we did quite well, actually. That is the fucking rudest thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my entire life. We did I thought I thought we did very well, and that's, we that's Dave. F- that's Dave, the masochist, and his quizzes that just are designed to fry your brain. Like that's it. That's on him. That's not on us. That's on him. <laughs> In terms of the um, writing music and the confidence thing, I think. A setup like in Spies is like more democratic where you all give a bit and, you know, let's say it's 20% each. That was very convenient for me, to be honest, because it meant that I could give of myself and say, oh, here's my chord structures or here's my melody or here's this. And we would all give it and I'd get such a buzz out of that and then it'd be hanging out and it'd be all good crack. Um, I didn't have to take full responsibility for anything, basically. <laughs> yeah. So that kind Sounds of suited me. Great, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but then the, the finished product comes out and you get all the same sort of, uh, you know, kind of praise or whatever, <laughs> or, or not praise. Maybe you get, you know. Uh, but then, but when then you, you can be like, oh, that wasn't my 20%. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can take it. But I think um, doing it on your own is very uncomfortable. And uh, I think that's why I probably talk about Dave and Steven a lot because it's like, in reality, it wasn't just me. It was the three yeah. of us when you actually look at it. Now, it's my name on the thing, which I've had to just come to terms with. That's just what it's <laughs> going to be. Uh, but that's more for convenience more than anything because if I make up a name, it'll probably be crap, you know. Well, did you ever consider making up a name? Oh, definitely. But like anything I came up with just sounded so awful and I won't tell you oh, anything. No, no way. No way. <laughs> Please, no. That'll, that'll go to my grave. We're back. That is Lapel TV. This is a brand new single from Overhead the Albatross, the comeback single, I would say. It's been a while, guys. And we're joined, of course, by Luke Daly and Vinny Casey of the band. Hello. Hello. Um, this is fun. I'm glad to have you in studio. Thanks <laughs> for taking the time. This is fun, I say, before I even ask a question. Well, I guess, I mean, like, I guess there's only really one place to start, really, and that's to throw it back to the very first episode of No Encore. Oh, perfect. <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect. D16. We have a clip, I believe, from that episode. Is this okay? Or should I not yes, do this? Yes, yeah, I, I, I have a story <laughs> Arms folded. I, I just, I, let, let's, let, let's get some context. Let's get some context. So the context was that we were, uh, very first episode, Overhead were booked, and it was not too long after a gig in the Workman's in which, unfortunately, due to uh, circumstances beyond your control, Wrath of God situation, the gig had to be abandoned at a certain point. So, um, that's what I'm referring to at the start of this. 
Uh, let's have a listen. Uh, my kind of abiding memory, uh, the abiding image from that night was actually uh, Vinny Casey on stage, looking just crestfallen, like a child who didn't know where he was. And actually, speaking of Vinny Casey, I just want to—I want it out there. <laughs> yeah. I want this on mic, right? I want Do this have to talk about Vinny Casey. Just real quick, just, like, I'll, I'll get it out of the way, and then we can yeah. never talk about him again. That's cool. Uh, I just want to say that I extended the invite to him to be on this podcast right now, and he's not here. And mm. he's not here because he's craven and he's gutless. And I wanted known. <laughs> That's our Vinny. So okay, that was 2016. That's pre- I'm glad. I'm glad we got to listen to that just to give context here, right? Because yeah. <clears throat> I could never come to that recording. I was in work, and I let Dave know this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> then that podcast came out. Just about 45 minutes ago, I'm coming home from work, and I was late coming home from work because I was waiting for some people who got caught in traffic. And I burst in the door and I'm like, right, I gotta get ready. And my girlfriend is sitting there and she's like, You're late. And I was like, Yeah, I know. And she goes, You can't you can't uh, let him down again. <laughs> Six years on. I stopped in my tracks and I was like, What did you say? She was like, Isn't that what happened last time? And I was like, No! The spin machine has absolutely won out here. My own girlfriend thinks that's what happened, and it is not. Well, you probably ended up telling her that when you were drunk or something. (laughs) I mean, you can hear there the rest of the band are throwing you under the bus. I guess guess what I wanted to know was, in the time since, how has the Craven and Gutless tag influenced and or improved your life? I think it's, it's every day. Every day, it's 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 a battle. Um, <laughs> I think you can hear it all over this all over this new track. Um, yeah, it's, it was basically the it's the inspiration for the whole album. To be honest with you, I think Luke will agree with me there. Yeah, your <laughs> cowardice is kind of what we kind of it's where we generate our musical abilities from. Yeah, yeah it's an energy source yeah. almost. Yeah. Craig Fitzpatrick, however, has gone to Rome by himself for five days. His first time ever being there. Have you ever been to Rome, my co-host, Mark Conroy? I have been to Rome. My other co-host, Dave Hanwady. I have been to Rome once. Yeah. Saw the city and everything. Was there with my granny, actually. Nice. Yeah. It's Not cool. just my granny, my whole family, but my granny was there. It's a cool place. It's I was nice there in 2005, of all times. I enjoyed it. Um, so Mark Conroy is making his no-encore debut on this episode. Mark is a journalist based in Dublin's Fair City. Uh, you have been a long-time friend of the show, and it's a long time coming getting mm-hmm. on the show. I think I've... I think I've like dangled the, the, the tease carrot and been like, come on the show. It's been the basis of our friendship. I'd, I'd be worried about the future of it now, now that I'm on the show. This is it, yeah. yeah, yeah. This could be the end of everything. Yeah. So welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Uh, Long time listener since day one. Since day one. Since day one, yeah. I've, lis- I've listened to every podcast. That's I, I think so. I wonder if everyone else has. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. Long time listener, first time guest, caller, host, yeah. caller, whatever. Um, I'm very excited. And as an enforcer this week, to make sure that I get my way, returning to the show, how do we even begin to introduce this guy? He's a former housemate of mine. It's well, Richard. Started there. <laughs> my first on my CV. Former housemate of Dave Hanrady, of course. Uh, he is a best-selling author. He's an excellent newsman. Uh, he's a podcast king as well. He's on the group chat these days, yes. of course. Yeah. And uh, he is sitting right here. Yeah, and a skilled footballer as well, of course, going back to our DCU days. It is, of course, wow. the one. Yeah, Jeez. Trey Quartista. I, 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 descri- yes. I described you Man as... Man in the pockets, yeah. <laughs> that, voice, <laughs> that voice belongs to Richard Chambers. Welcome Woo! back, sir. Oh! Thanks for having me. This is, is this my third time on. Um, I, I think, think so. so yes. Yeah. yeah. You First came, time with me. Yeah. Came you, came usually ships in the night. You yeah. came once years ago, and you brought beer that you immediately spilled all over the table. Yes, that is right. Yeah. yeah. Who else was on that time? I don't know. It was me, you, and someone else. I call him. 
was it Ca- back in the cold maybe cold yeah, there, yeah. yeah back in the head stuff days back in the head stuff studio oh. uh, and then the last time of course was during the pandemic it was me and you and we talked about wrestling Wrestling, wrestling themes. themes. That was a good app, yeah. Craig was that very home, upset too. Yeah. In the home office. Yeah. yeah. In the lockdown, home office, yeah. Lockdown, lockdown, no encore HQ. Like, you know, in our former Castle Knox stomping grounds, of which we don't live anymore. So, yeah. yeah. You're in yeah. these days. Didn't want that out there, Sorry. to be honest. Yes. Your home address is your air code. <laughs> I mean, the main thing is you've left them. Let's get beeping. That's so funny. You're in... You can bleep that out, actually. Yeah, yeah. It will be, it will that be. That hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I guess before we move on to the new section, let's talk Primavera, because you were there. So yeah. how was it for you? Oh, it was a whirlwind. It was a whirlwind. Uh, so we should, let's get the, let's get the, horrific part out of the way first shall we um i know you spoke a little bit about this on the podcast last week um i think listeners will probably be no stranger to uh the bumping into craig on a night out yeah i know like it can go either way yeah, let's be honest just you know? an absolute disaster um <laughs> i mean when did he start spiking people it was so weird um i don't no, know uh yeah so like we got in like look this is my fourth time going to primavera and so we have a crew that we kind of go with every year um and so the 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 bright-eyed bushy-tailed kind of like we're getting in at like four o'clock in the day and we're staying until seven in the morning those days are long gone we're, we're we we look at it now as a marathon rather than a sprint and so what we typically do is like we'll go for a nice dinner we'll like hang out on the beach during the day we will just do things that are not connected to primavera and then we might wander in around eight o'clock at night and just go at it uh so that was exactly what we did on the first day um probably about nine or nine thirty by the time we finally uh left our jars of sangria and fell down la ramblas in the direction of uh, park del forum um, only to be start get only to be like inundated with messages from friends that were already there about how this was like fire festival reincarnated that like <laughs> toilet queues were like an hour long that people couldn't get a drink that they had run out of water um, that it was just incredibly oversold to the point of being like potentially being like a health and safety hazard um, so that scared the fucking Jesus out of us um, we got in, we got into a cab anyway we headed down we figured we'd go and take our chances uh got out of the cab only to discover that um friend of the show lewis jackson uh former bandmate of mine from enemies uh his phone was just gone so our mind immediately raced to that like barcelona being kind of an infamous city for pickpocketing and someone had just lifted it out of his tote bag uh we went to the ticket desk big long queue for like problems like that because his ticket is on his phone so um Oh, Jesus, yeah. For a while, you know, eventually got served by, like, a, a volunteer staff member who was clearly, like, out of her mind <laughs> high <laughs> on, on something um, and was just, like, asking us where we were from in Ireland and telling us about the times she visited Ireland and all the, cra- <laughs> the cracks she had in Dalky. So we're just, like, trying to get in. She can't figure out the system at all. Her supervisor has to keep coming over. Um, eventually, we get in, and it's, like... It's as it's fucking rammed, um, and we know that like anywhere in the vicinity of like the main stage is, is just going to be hell. So, having been there in previous years, there's a stage down the back that generally houses like 
death metal and like your your pals the armed were playing down there oh um, my boys yeah and I also later in the weekend would see like napalm death and lightning bolt down there so we were like let's go down there because that's not going to be the armed is not going to be like more packed than charlie xcx so we went down there it was actually grand the queues were fine we, we we were able to get a drink um we were able to you know settle in and sort of just like get our bearings um I had this like horrible, horrible, anxious feeling in my stomach of just like, like, like in that Woodstock 99 documentary where people just start <laughs> talking about like when Limp Bizkit came on and it just changed. Um, fortunately, it actually, post Charlie XEX, post Tame Impala, hordes and hordes and hordes of people who had come in to see those bands started leaving and it actually started to become like a manageable festival experience. We wandered over to Pavement um and that was just an incredible turning point like pavement were absolutely incredible there was this incredible joy in the air the band seemed to be having the best time ever uh i feel like i'm lingering way too long on I, i've only gotten to like band number one but yeah no no, no from, listen i mean like, craig point, craig isn't here man you know like, like his his report is two weeks overdue at this stage come on man, well I, I i i spoke to crave about this crave crave <laughs> it, it's craven. metal craig when craig is at pavement we oh, call him craven um but yeah we spoke about it we both had a wonderful time at that that was a real turning point on on night one um which was was heading which was looking like it was going to be an absolute disaster um fast forward then a couple of beers later i'm at black midi a band who i have never ever cared for in the slightest loved loved the review episode on their last album um medieval, medieval tavern, tavern yeah. owner um <laughs> so wandered over my mates wanted to see them i had no interest it's just i find it's just difficult music to listen to um and uh had the fucking time of my life loved it was exactly what i needed like totally <laughs> cathartic after the stress and the anxiety of like the uncertainty of the first half of the night they came out swing dancing with each other to like some old swing song and then just launched into like this hour of just like 300 miles an hour insanity. Um, it was genuinely mind blowing. It was one of the best like drum performances I've ever seen in my life. Their drummer deserves a fucking Nobel Prize. And I absolutely loved it and was converted and will still never listen to them because it's just not what I want to listen to when I'm going about my day. But live, it was a totally totally different beast and i absolutely loved it um okay so i'm just going to cut now to other like notable acts uh during the weekend low were amazing dj shadow was absolutely incredible um caroline polichek doing a cores cover of breathless, breathless? Was yeah yeah fucking like otherworldly uh lightning bolt were amazing napalm death were great Beach House was just an absolute living dream um i actually went to see beach house in dublin two weeks before Ate a really strong weed jelly, had the worst <laughs> night of my life. So it was wonderful to be able to go and see them again and have a really good time. Um, so yeah, there you go. Incredible! What a what a, what a what a cogent report. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I, I have to. Oh, uh, Adam, you go. Yeah, first. I just want to quickly say I think that's already made like the top moments of the of the year 2022. <laughs> like that whole monologue was just fantastic. Thank you very that's much. Beautiful cravement. Oh my god. <laughs> but speaking of speaking of cravement, uh, I have to ask: At what point did he surface? Had you prearranged meeting up with Craig? Did he appear like a mirage out of nowhere? Uh, I, I need to know how, how oh, this all man, went down. It was like I had this. I think I had this like. I had this going with about four friends who were at Primavera, like where it's just like you're constantly on WhatsApp going like, hey, man, are you going to check out 
caribou and it's like yeah yeah we'll be front left and then you get there and there's like 80,000 people and they're like <laughs> hold up your phone bro <laughs> like this was just constant I was in a group with 30 people from Limerick um, and this was just constant so there were there was a whole like like 36 hours of like attempting to meet up with Craig before we actually finally finally uh, found each other which was post caribou I think on the Saturday on the second night the Friday night I'm picturing I'm picturing just two handsome boys running across the concourse oh, and hugging man. that's Still what I'm picturing singing can't do without you just hollering ho- <sighs> it out to each other uh, it was great he was very chill as Craig always is he's just like hey hey, man and we went it was like you know pretty late at this point his sister had, had gone home so we took him under our wing uh, we got him a couple of whiskeys spiked him with covid <laughs> and, um, I don't know, probably talked about The Simpsons a lot. And, and yeah, I actually kind of, we just went deep into like nerding out then uh, at that point. Yeah. It was just, talked it was about just how me, amazing, right? amazing Dave Hanratty is. Yeah, I assume that was the crux of the conversation. Of yeah, of course. Yeah. Clocked in about 30,000 steps from the point of where I met Craig to the end of the night. Uh, it is a it is a massive massive festival. It's very very. It's easy an experience. To, uh, get the steps. Hanging in. out with Craig is is an experience. It was uh, great. Craig I loved be, it. it was great Craig, seeing him. Craig will be back next week, I promise, listener. Um, if not, uh, I'll, I'll have him. I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll suspend him from the show if he doesn't return next week. Okay. Our top five songs about fools this week, because of course this episode drops on April Fool's Day, and I couldn't think of a greater fool. A, a more beloved court jester to welcome back to proceedings. And in fact, I'm so ecstatic. We're in person. It's me. It's me. It's Z Hederman. Zara Hederman. She's back. Hello. Hi. I, that intro, when you started off with the top five topic, I just knew, I knew I was going to be a punchline. Um, You're never a punchline. Yeah, never the, never, always the punchline, never the joke. Always the puncher. Sarah Hederman first mentioned my co-host with the Mohost this week. Welcome back. Hello. How are you? Good to see you. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. It has been, while. It's been a while. Uh, it's been a very long time. Haven't been here since... Um, the summertime when the living no, was easy. Was it pre? Was it spring? The last time I was here and I remember it so vividly because it haunts <laughs> me to this day was... Um, March, As most, most episodes do. March yeah. 31st. Does March oh God, have 31 days? Long ago. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. it does. does yeah. It does. Yeah. Easter um, time. Around about then. Movable feast, of course. Easter. Yeah, when I tried to play a, a little April Fools on Dave and it didn't <laughs> land so well. Well, it's not April. Now, no. it's as we have established yeah. the 10th of November. Yeah. I literally come in from the cold and I'm yeah. back. Yeah, well, it's great to have you back. Um, back. We've got a jam-packed show, mm-hmm. which is a bit of a problem for us because we've got a gig to go to. So we're going to be um, committed to this, <laughs> yeah. but efficient. Um, it's kind of the filling in our Dylan Malkma sandwich, as we mentioned in the running <laughs> order. This is my second time seeing you in a week, which is... I know, such un- a treat. Like, unbelievable, right? Never I don't happens. think that's ever happened. Stuff. Yeah. We're at Bob Dylan on Monday. We're going to pavement tonight. Um, Extreme boomer vibe. Yeah, kind of. Um, We should talk about Bob Dylan Mm. extensively in this preamble just to make sure Dave turns off the podcast straight away so we can have some fun. But um, it was great, wasn't it? It was was really good. It was so good. And he'll be rolling his eyes right now being like, of course you're saying that. Yeah, but look, Um, we're not doing another top five Bob Dylan so we're not we can we can reveal that we kinda, we're doing top five girl group songs best and worst you're on worst yeah which is great yeah. um you've had a kind of <laughs> torrid time of it right yeah it was pretty stressful i've never it done stressful in the chat, yeah. it, it was yeah i've never done a worst selection for the podcast which 
I don't know. I had always been kind of nervous about it because I always enjoy when you guys do worsts because yeah, they're so fun funny. Yeah. Um, I don't know if my humour is anywhere near the level of yours and... Adams, maybe. Um, <laughs> definitely Adam here Dave. this week, of course. Yeah. Sonic architect Adam Shanahan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was nervous because I just felt the pressure of how much I enjoy when you guys do worst. Yeah. It's always very. You don't have funny. to write the songs, so it's just you know enough humor to understand a hilariously yeah. bad song. Well, I feel grand. that like some of my selections are so bad and so badly executed that I actually could have written maybe one or two of them and definitely <laughs> could have recorded one in particular, maybe even a little bit better. There was a whole roller coaster of emotions mm. in the chat where you're like, at one point you're like, I think I've fallen in love with one of the worst songs. I, I deeply adore it, which yeah. I, it tends to happen, you know, it's yeah. kind of Stockholm Syndrome, I guess. Yeah, that's But gone. then this morning there was quick changes and I think it's going to make for a great top five. I'm very hyped for that. I can confirm I received oh, yeah, Adam a knows. total of four emails from the last two days. I love that commitment. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's tremendous. But it is one of those weeks, Adam, where it's very much like you got to just bring out the big guns and the biggest gun of all, Cork's favourite son, the voice of play, the no-encore original OG co-host, Cullum O'Regan is back, everybody. Hello. What is up? Uh, although I do have a feeling that really your process here was, who doesn't go to festivals anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. It is festival season, as you were saying. Uh, Cullum, delighted to have you back on the show. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know you, of course, like I said, you were with us from the beginning. You uh, went off to do adult things like get married, you know, get a proper job, buy a house, etc. Uh, how's life treating you these days, buddy? You've been on the show recently, but it has been some time. Yeah, no, it's uh, very good. We are actually, uh, we're signing contracts for a house on Tuesday. So that's quite exciting. Thank you very much. Cheers. And uh, yeah, but it is an absolute pleasure to be back. Uh, as I mentioned when I was on the show before, I do kind of tune out of music a little bit. And so when you give me a shout to come on, I'm always like, oh, I really need to commit now. I need to catch up. What are the kids listening to? What's trending right now? And I dove in and it's Kate Bush. And I was like, I should be good to go. So I'm interviewing you after the albums come out. Mm. Go stream it, everybody. Mm -hmm. um, I do like it. Um, and that's one of the things I said at the launch. I said, yeah, yeah. it doesn't suck. I like it. It doesn't suck. I said, yeah. it doesn't suck. And I was, like, I was like, put it on the poster. <laughs> what a relief. Imagine <laughs> if you said, it sucks. It sucks. I, anyway, here it is. <laughs> what are you all doing here? <laughs> There's no free drink. Um, no, it was, it was a lovely evening. Uh, everyone had a great time. But um, no, so what I was going to say was, given that I'm interviewing you in the post, and obviously, look, we are friends. So like, you know, you know what, what can I say? Like, I mean, like, I like the album. So yeah. I've give you. I, I try and give you something of a hard time. So, <laughs> yeah, let me throw like a couple of notices that came your way critically. Um, Great, yeah. Two different reviews I read. Bullshit. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. They're positive. Um, they no, did no. say at least two different reviewers said like you know the title I'm here now. It's like a spoiler for what the album's about or something. And I was like, and like you and I worked on like the kind of finding it. Like I interviewed you about the album for like press notes and stuff. But yeah. I mean like. That never really kind of came into my mind. I mean, like, what, what, when you read that in a, in a review and someone says yeah. the title is a spoiler, you know, you know, do, is it? I mean, like, is, is it really, like, like what does... Because I think you told me that the, the title kind of came to you out of nowhere and you're like, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, and it did. Like, so basically I was just, like, driving along in the car one day thinking about the record and then it was just like, I'm here now. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's actually exactly what the record is. And, it, and it's because it's like... I think it, it, you know, obviously I'm here now, like it, it, you can kind of, you can kind of take it in three or four different ways, which is kind of the best 
way to name a, a, anything. Do you know what I mean? Like if you have like, I'm here now can mean like, you know, my sound engineer thinks it's like, you know, I'm sending a text to somebody and kind of going like, okay, I'm here now. I'm I'll meet you yeah. here like with my record, <laughs> like, you know. Uh, and then for me, like, you know, there's a kind of... Uh, um. Like, so, okay, we're here, beautiful, Balivan, it's amazing, really, really good to be here, and uh, it's absolutely beautiful, lovely and peaceful. Um, it's my hometown that I grew up in, and I think most people, when they think of their hometown and think about moving back to their hometown, there's a lot of, like, trepidation about that. Like, there's kind of a lot of nerves and a lot of kind of, like, oh, my God, like, like am I regressing or something, or, or is this, like, kind of... Um, is this going to be really bad? <laughs> and am I going to get stuck back where I grew up and stuff? Um, and uh, there's always a kind of a nerves about that. And I think that kind of comes out in a lot of the music where there's a kind of a bit of like, a bit of kind of anxiety about kind of coming back and kind of half knowing that it's the right decision and half thinking that it's like, oh, this is going to be really kind of tricky and and uh, is this the right thing to do kind of thing. Um, and that was kind of washing through my head while I was making the record and stuff. And, you know, you can take that as a positive and a, and a negative, you know, positive, you know, I'm kind of like creating music in this area. 90% of the samples were recorded in around here. The album was recorded in uh, the place that I'm working now. Um, and, you know, it kind of... So so that's almost like a kind of a affirmation of like, okay, I should be here. I'm here now. And then there's another kind of, you know, there's certain parts of that record where it's very, very dark. Like there's a track called Joined that's like probably the the like darkest track I've ever written. And it's kind of like, you know, um, like kind of this kind of deep kind of like, holy God, this is like a, a big life decision kind of thing. Um, so yeah, so there's there's that side of the I'm here now thing. So I think I think I think people are probably right. Like there is a lot of... I, I like the idea that somebody can listen to this record, look at the title and go, okay, I get where that came from and I get why that is. Right, Niall, uh, back to you. What teen drama did Drake appear on prior to superstardom? Um, Degrassi High? You're close. Do we give it to him? It's No. No, we can't give it to you. It's, <laughs> it's, it's Degrassi something. It's not Degrassi High. No. <laughs> And you still won't give it to me. I can't. For like, saying Degrassi. Full title. No, no, I mean, different. that's the important part. <laughs> the show wasn't called The O. Adam, what do you think? <laughs> Make a judgment call here. Mm. I think you need the full name. You're a quiz master. We're going full name. Yeah. We're going full name. We have a chance to get it, though. Degrassi something. <sighs> Degrassi... I can't wait to hear all these dead silences on, on the episode. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, do you think he'll ever go back to acting? No. Well, probably, yeah. He'll probably do some, like, bullshit right. straight, to, straight, straight to Netflix, like Michael Bay movie or something. Yeah, maybe. No? <clears throat> Craig? Um, that feels like I did the work there, if he gets this. <laughs> I, I actually don't know. I would have just said Degrassi, but I would have been incorrect. Uh, no, I, um, no, I don't know. Degrassi, the next generation is what I was looking for. Was there an original Degrassi? I think it was just called Degrassi Junior High, possibly. Okay. Uh, a spin-off, so two different shows. Yeah. Uh, Craig, back to you. Mm-hmm. I'm glad Degrassi is the mountain that you all die on. <laughs> general knowledge. After all that. General, general knowledge. Was it even shown over here? <laughs> Everyone knows. Degrassi. Degrassi, the next generation. The next generation. So we're... Captain Picard went to school, is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, fuck 
the graphic next generation, I'm going to say like Ireland. It was shown in Ireland. I'm Googling this right it was now. probably on like TG Guy or something. <laughs> one in the morning during the summer. I can't find it. I don't know. I don't know. It was a Canadian teen drama season. Okay. Or television series. Oh, shit. What? There's a problem. What? Degrassi the Next Generation brackets, also known as Degrassi, for seasons 10 to 14. Well, which seasons were in? <laughs> <laughs> give, give Niall the point, for no, God's no, no, sake. No, no, no. We, let's find out. Like, like, what season was Drake on? We, no, the, let's this, slip a coin and see if I get this a point. Important. This is important. Drake played Jimmy Brooks, character Jimmy Brooks. So I'm just going to Google this now. Jimmy Brooks, Degrassi. If he's on 10 to 14, you get a point. <laughs> Uh, let's see, according to the Wikipedia... He's Is this a, show still going? I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> Class 2007. No, seasons one through eight. So, uh, so sorry, I can't, I, I can't give you the point. I do apologize. Let's I, mean, wrap I this. just remember Degrassi, you know. <laughs> such a seminal um, show in my... Let's wrap this up. Uh, we have a few more questions. Once again, a huge thanks to all of our guests for lending their voices throughout the year and giving us their time. And um, We really, really appreciate it here at No Encore. It's like... It's been amazing just to have an extra voice and an extra story to tell in the hot seat. So um, on behalf of myself, Dave and Craig, thank you all for joining us this year. Um, to all of our guests, I still somehow don't think Nyler is going to forgive us for Degrassi Gate, though. Do you? I don't know. I'll leave that up to interpretation. Um, but with that, I'm afraid we've come to the end of our time at the best of 2022 and no encore moments. But I do endeavour to continue this effort and make it a tradition going forward. So back in 2023 with another best of. This is a very long episode, so thanks for sticking with us. Um, I hope it brought you as much joy as it did uh, me making the episode and having to cut all the clips and go back through all the episodes. You'd think it'd be a lot of work, but it did not feel like it at all. It was so, so much fun. Um, if you'd like to support the show, we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash no encore. But if you aren't in a position to support us financially, it's totally understandable. Um, we're in a cost of living crisis so that's absolutely fine but please tell a friend about the show if you like what we do um, word of mouth is very important and a much valued method of growing our reach so thank you to all who both support us on Patreon our loyal patrons we really appreciate you thanks for sticking with us and for those of you who fly the flag by passing on your recommendations to friends family co-workers etc etc we really appreciate you all so so much Thank you for supporting the show, whatever way you have supported the show over 2022. In the meantime, Dave and Craig are currently working on their best album and best song of the year lists to discuss for you, listener, very, very soon. And it'll tie you over to Christmas break. So keep an eye on your feeds. Make sure to um, hit subscribe or follow us wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you get the episodes as they come out. And um, we're on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash no encore show. We're on Instagram, instagram.com forward slash no encore show. And um, feel free to send us a message. Feel free to get in touch. Did you like the show? Did you hate the show? Um, particularly with the clip show, I hope it was good. <laughs> so please let me know. Um, but as for the show, we'll be back with a bang in 2023. We're taking a break over Christmas as we usually would and we're very much looking forward to another year in no encore with you so without further ado this has been the best of no encore 2022 there will be no encore but we'll catch you in the new year take care